Welcome back to the Akatek Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a discarded poncho, Jay. Doing as always is my co-host, the last stale tortilla in your fridge, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Pretty good, Jack. How about you? I'm doing fine, doing fine. You know, I, I I must admit, I do get a bit of satisfaction when I get like a little ch- little like <clears throat> out of you whenever I say the intro. Oh, also, it's fun. It's pretty good. I mean, they're just yeah, they're a little little random. So it's not that I was reliable to shock me. Just enough oh, yeah. to tend to exhaling a little hard. So you good exhale. Hey, listeners, be careful. If once I run out of like wholesome ideas, I might get real fucked with it. Oh, so get ready for that when my uh, when I run when I become desperate, desperate Jack. Crazed beast is a desperate Jack. Jack to lose. <laughs> Most dangerous man in the world, a Jack who's running out of openers. Alrighty, Jack. Well, that day's not yet, so we shall continue on our normal course. Of course. So last week we saw and discussed the newest Marvel film, Eternals, by Chloe Zhao, or directed by Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Her name's Chloe. Yeah, sounds right to me. Okay. And a, and a number of other individuals also saw that movie. A lot of them. And I would say, uh, most people mostly came came uh, pretty much close close to us as far as oh yeah their opinion of it. I would say, which is to say, not super positive, but no. Eh. I will say, <laughs> my mom texted me yesterday. Mm. Uh, she saw the movie, and the text I got was Eternals dot dot dot. I have many questions, and I said, "Did you like it?" And she said, "Not really." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Which, uh, if anything, having a... So I just thought it was funny. No, yeah. Having like a week to do, I've been a little bit like, yeah, it's just not... It's pretty weak. Yeah, I watched... Uh, I don't I don't know if you see these videos at all, but uh, Screen Rant does those um like pitch meeting videos. That the, they just, it's one yeah. guy who does them. He, I watched his for the Eternals, and uh, he makes a good point that it probably could have just been a, a Disney Plus show and would have been much better. I bet people would have shit their pants over it, actually. Yeah, like I think... I I think it would have like when he said that i was like yeah that would have been like infinitely better because then you have even if they're all just eight hour long episodes it means you have four times as much time as this movie gave them to introduce and develop yeah. a team of characters even six just six oh, even just six is still three times as many hours mm-hmm. as it had yeah and like i hate to be that guy but i really do think if they had kept it closer to the new game and comic it would have been a little more interesting i don't know there's something about the idea that like you don't need to do this narrative like rigmarole of explaining why they didn't help at any point because you can just use the explanation that they didn't know they were Eternals. Like that's the obviously you know, but that's the conceit of that comic is that all the Eternals have lost their memories, and like that's kind of more interesting. And they because they mess with memories and stuff in this anyways. Like, yeah, memory is a big thing, so you definitely could do that. And in that comic, Thena has like pretty big role where she rem- just remembers all her battles against the Deviants. So there's like shadows of it in the movie yeah. but i don't yeah i think you're right yeah, about we that we talked about last week like sprite and stuff that's that's carried over um, oh yeah. yeah significantly but whatever. so right now it's sitting on rotten tomatoes at 47 which is oh like, no 47 yeah um, oh no and we've talked i won't say that won't do it again but we've talked about what rotten tomato scores actually means but that's still pretty poor um, yeah regardless of what how you think and just like, again, like I said, we've done it to death, so I won't go into it too much. But I think people do get a little too uppity about how, like, oh, Rotten Tomato scores don't really mean anything, you know. Technically technically speaking, like this this stuff kind of bothers me when they're like, well, technically, 
If you have a hundred people and they just think it's pretty good, that's technically a hundred percent, but that doesn't mean it's a perfect movie. Or if you have a hundred people who think it's just kind of iffy bad, that might have a zero, but that doesn't mean it's actually an irredeemably terrible movie. And I'm like, yeah, kind of, except like if we're being honest with ourselves, the distribution usually works itself out pretty well, I would say. Yeah, like... And we've talked about, like... I feel Yeah, I feel like I go uh, both ways about it. I feel like it really depends on what percentage it is, because I feel like if a movie is between, like, 79 and, like, 61 or 60, you can kind of be like, well, that kind of logic. Like, well, if 100 people, if they all kind of like it, that doesn't mean it's perfect. But if a movie is, like, 80-plus, yeah, like, eight, whatever the fucking thing I just said was. I don't remember the range I even gave myself. But the, the Above the range I just did, or below the range I just did, 60 to 80 or whatever that movie is probably not great like just kind of below average at the very most below 60 and if it's above 80 it's probably just good like it's probably just like an enjoyable movie to watch that's kind of how i feel like you don't have obviously you're allowed to have different opinions than than most people like and there's there's the whole thing of course of movies that are not objectively very good if if you know objectivity can even be used on film but whatever bear with me that's a there's different movies. that's a different episode <laughs> we talk about that people who there's things that are like objectively but you can like them anyways or objectively good and for whatever reason you don't like them for whatever reason so you that's yeah. fine but i think ultimately like if you recognize the most of the crowds going a particular way it's, it's probably, probably safe to, it's probably fair to say like all right well at the very least i can admit most people don't like this and yeah. it probably has some problems and like because it, it can even go the other way with eternals like eternals here has 47 but so that means 53% of people gave it like a, you know, a less than 50, right? Mm-hmm. A, a negative score, a, uh, I guess rotten, right? Yeah. So 47% is the people who gave it a fresh score, but some percentage of that 47% is probably, you know, hovering around the cusp, right? They just yeah. think it's, again, just they're, barely passable. They're at that five and a half, six range exactly. that, that honestly, I think we're at, like, I think this movie's about a five and yeah. a half to a six. So like really... The percentage of people who think it's a good, like, 8 to 10 are probably pretty low. So, like, whatever. It's just, again, if you like this movie, it's fine. But I think it definitely has problems, and it's probably fair to admit that. What? Yeah, it doesn't make, like, it doesn't make you less. I I think it, I was going to say something, but what you just said actually brings something else to mind. I feel like some people get, like, a little too, like, worked up about people not liking things Mm -hmm. that they like. As if it's an attack on them as a person. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's whatever. Like, I'm not... Like, if like if somebody feels that way, that they're being attacked, I'm not going to be like, you're being stupid about it. But, you know, it goes both ways. You don't need to attack people about it, but don't take it so seriously. It's just a movie. Like, someone not liking a movie doesn't mean that you, they think you're a terrible person who doesn't know what, like, art is. Yeah. So, I feel like it comes down to it. Because it's like, oh, no, this is, these are great movies. Yeah, it's just... It's like, a, oh. It's a tough thing that could happen in the internet where... With it being, you know, um, anonymous and all, and people people find like comfort in their own communities and stuff. And unfortunately, the way that can the, the form that can take sometimes is either goes either way. Is like, yeah, being very bothered when someone doesn't like the thing you like, or going out of your way to tell someone else that the thing they like is actually bad. Don't you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's kind of sucks. But I guess we do some of that on here. But I don't know. <laughs> we don't seek anyone out. But that feel. Yeah, we don't. I, I think we try to temper as much as we can. And the first thing, the eventual thing I was going to bring up is that uh, there's there was a meme going around that Zach sent to me 
and then that I also saw on my own, but see it again really where it was like that scene from Rick and Morty when he's like, uh, your booze mean nothing. I see what makes you cheer. And they put the booze part, they put like movies and they put the booze part Eternals and they lumped them with Batman v Superman and Justice League. Yeah. And the unfortunate part about that is two of those movies aren't actually good movies. And one of those movies is just kind of an okay movie. So it's like, ooh, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you're kind of proving them right, in a sense, because you're saying, oh, these movies are good, but like Batman Superman is not yeah, a good movie. We don't like, love I, those movies. So we don't, as, as we made clear by an episode literally called Justice League Slander Hour, we, especially myself, Zach less so, but him as well, I'm probably the foremost DCEU hater on the show of the two of us. I, ca- I carry that burden gladly, <laughs> that torch. Is that Zack Snyder's a terrible director and he's never read a comic book and I'll never yeah, stop saying that. I'll say it to his face. I'll go to Comic Con and say it to yeah, his so face. The, I so don't the, care. The meme in particular is I'll say it to his face. What, what is he gonna do? Make a good movie? Oh no. Zack Snyder's got a wild card. He might like physically strike you. Good. Then it sh- then he shows his weakness. Yeah, it, then it shows he's a weak a, man. The meme in particular is your booze mean nothing, and it shows the Eternals having a fifty nine, which is that's optimistic at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. I wish we were back in that Superman, time. Batman Superman having a twenty-seven, and he says, "You booze me nothing." And then it's I've seen what makes you cheer, and it's Sharknado having eighty-two, and Cuties having eighty-eight certified fresh. And I think I can't see on this meme, but like this Cuties one at least has a sixteen percent audience score, so it's obviously a big disparity there. Yeah, that was that weird yeah, movie that Netflix that weird put movie. out, with, like the Child yeah, Dancers. I, I'm, I, mean, I really, I've never seen, so I'm not gonna speak too much on it, but. I think it's I think it's people uh I think people exaggerate a little about what that movie was actually about, but whatever. Yeah. I and I also want to say I was like the Sharknado thing, yeah. it having eighty two percent, like the reason it has that is because Sharknado is not trying to be Citizen Kane. Yeah. Like it it knows what it is and it's like this movie's stupid and goofy and you're watching it because it's like uh, the the stupidest thing you've ever heard. Like it's just a funny thing. It's like a Mel Brooks movie, or not? I mean, kinda like just like a spoof, goofy movie, Sca- like scary movie is what I was trying. Is a better example, I think. Like the scary movies, like those aren't trying to be art. They're just like p- goofy parody movies to like turn your brain off and like laugh at and get high to. Like it's not. That's why I got a high score, and no other reason. Uh yeah. So I I agree. Yeah, uh, again, it's like the weird... The system's not perfect, but... Yes, the reason right. that a Sharknado gets a good score is because it knows what it's for, and like that's what the audience score reflects. It's good at doing mm-hmm. what it does, whereas Eternals is obviously like more lofty in its aspirations, but in that way, it's a big swing and a miss, kind of. So there's yeah. a couple other things we want to talk about, or at least I did. <laughs> you were review-bombing up because of yeah, gay that's people. obviously... People yeah, are the worst. That obviously is unacceptable and no good. Yeah, yeah. And we, t- I think we mentioned that briefly last week. Like, it's unfortunate that this movie is not good because then those people are going to use that as the reason. Yeah, be like, it. It's just the woke liberal agenda. Marvel's too woke. It's like, motherfucker, do you know what the X Men are? Like, what? That that always baffles me. It's like, do you understand that like these comics are political all the time, like forever? Yeah, so like I think we even mentioned this last week, of like people were gonna, we had already seen that. I think 
well, obviously the review bombing happened, right? Like prior to the movie even officially coming out. Would you see how the review bombing goes? Not to condone it or anything, Jack, but you think these review bombers would get smarter about it at this point? Because every time this happens, they do it before the movie's even out, and Rotten Tomatoes just like, well, these aren't real. Yeah, and then they get rid of them, or I'm or an IMDb yeah. or something. But they're just not like, well, they're not very smart people. It's not exactly our best and brightest. It's not like people people in my uh, physics classes are like, well, after we've done this perpetual motion, we're gonna go off and review bomb Eternals because they're gay it's people. Tis I, a nuclear physicist. <laughs> I've created this hadron collider, and now I shall review bomb the Eternals. <laughs> ah yes a day well spent huzzah yeah so the other thing i want to talk about just briefly was we already or i did and i sent it to you I already saw a uh an icarus cersei stan account and we've talked many times about the mcu stands oh. on, on the show um they're not really my it's not my preferred way to engage with well really enter any entertainment oh, that's no, your thing all. it's fine although they usually I mean, not to not to demean anyone, but I, I think they usually have a kind of a weird slant that they approach stuff with. Just any of the the various shippers or stanners. So, I, oh, definitely, it's it's quite. This strange. one is particularly strange, and I think bad. I guess because Ooh. they're trying to apologize for the fact that Icarus is like the villain of the movie who wants to destroy humanity. So and kill everybody. I mean, on maybe the he doesn't want to, but he feels he has to. However, I mean, that's a bit. But the point is, he he was gonna kill everybody. Yeah, he was whether he wanted to or not. He was like, well, I, I gotta do it. He thought he had to do it so, at the very least. He's not the best of guys to hang your hat on, is he? No, I wouldn't say at all uh-huh. that he is. And this this person in particular, at least, their argument essentially boiled down to, he thinks he's correct, and so that's okay. That's like, well, yeah, we've talked about before that on the show. That's like that's often repeated as like the sort of cliche hallmark of a at least like a the starting point for a good villain right it, they need to believe that they're yeah. right or otherwise what's the point yeah if you want to make a good villain like kind of like an easy way to do it it's just make them think they're doing the right thing or have them have a solid idea but it becomes right. warped it, in some which way is kind of yeah pretty closely aligns with icarus Common. here so yeah if anything that makes him a good villain not a not a good hero <laughs> no not at all. Um, yeah and then uh, just the last thing i wanted to say i don't know do you got anything I'm not trampling over you. No, no, not at all. So we talked last week, and this this is a little more positive thing to end it on here. Our Eternals discussion for oh, actually, sorry, skip that. First, let's talk about the sequel because I've seen people kind of like oh, people who did very much enjoy this being like, all right, I hope that the poor performance here does not mean they won't do a sequel. And I wanted to get your your thoughts on that because it is not doing well financially at all. It is struggling right now to be on track to oh, break really? even. Which is usually not the you know what you want out of a sequel. Um, so just real quick, let me throw some numbers at you. Is that two hundred million was yeah. the budget, and that's with that's mm-hmm. before marketing or anything. I don't right. You should double it for marketing. That's, that's what I've always heard is the rule of thumb. Um, and I, God knows how that has increased, or because this is one of the COVID kind of movies. So God only knows, right? Like they had to move it back, you know, obviously repeatedly and all. So it's I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah. So it could be easily double, if not like more than that not not like many times more but still just a little bit past and right now it's sitting mm. at 190 box office so it's it's yet to even break even worldwide oh it's been out for like this is the like second the week sec- essentially second weekend um, so yeah it's not great it's it had a massive bo- drop off this second weekend it's at like 27 million for the second weekend which is not stellar for mm. a Marvel movie so 
Yeah, I don't know. I, it seems weird because there has been, unless I'm missing something, there's nothing I can think of in the MCU that has been derailed story-wise because of poor box office performance. No, because um, Throw the Dark World still exists. <laughs> right. Yeah, they still made a Thor 3. Like, I don't even know how that one did at the box office, to be honest. Like, <laughs> We've been on a trend for a while, um, and obviously this year shook things up because I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know what Black Widow or Shang-Chi is looking at right now, but they were on a trend for a while where they couldn't make anything that didn't break a billion. It was like 27, 2018, 19. Like oh, yeah. Black Panther all the way through Far From Home. I think everything broke a billion. Uh, maybe maybe not Amanda Watson. I think Amanda's the only one that doesn't. All oh. the other ones break a billion. Still, it was like, it was like yeah, like five out of the last six or something. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I'd like to think they would have the foresight to be like, well, that's not because of COVID and everything is, is still affecting movies. So. You can't expect mm-hmm. to necessarily do normal, but it's still interesting. I don't know. It makes me wonder if maybe the sequel will take a different form. Is it not like a second film? Yeah, I would honestly you wouldn't expect them to have a sequel. I really just expected this movie. I think I said this uh, before the Eternals came out when they did that episode that I felt that this movie, for better or worse, in a sense, I don't know if it's how they see them or they'll ever. I don't think they'll ever say this is how they see the movies. It's kind of a burner movie. In a little bit of a way that Ant-Man and the Wasp is a kind of a burner movie mm-hmm. because they're just introducing things to use them later. But you kind of just have to be like, well, we there's not enough here to like the quantum realm. Like they need that for the time travel and endgame. So they're like, well, we can't just introduce this random thing for Ant-Man that's never been introduced. So we have a movie about it. But I mean, I like Ant-Man and the Wasp, but people obviously yeah. don't really like the Ant-Man movies. So and they're so it's kind of like, well, we need to just kind of throw this in there and it's got it. We have to like show people that this exists beforehand. So it's not just like we're pulling shit out of our ass. And we talked about this last week. It's obviously even less connected than we were anticipating, right? Even yeah. With all the post credits and all that fun stuff. It's pretty much entirely self-contained. And we talked about how like the only thing this sets up essentially is a second Eternals movie. So, I mean, I don't, I don't I'm not saying I actually want this or anything. And I think because of the of the groundwork, this one does a, a second follow up could be better, especially, you know, it's got less characters. So like that, the load of that's a little lightened. So I guess I would like what but I, I guess if they didn't end up going forward with a second Eternals movie, um, the only thing that would really be affected is like the Eternal, like because you get what I'm saying, like because they're still yeah. off on their own side of things and haven't really fully come over. They haven't met any other heroes. Yeah, it's not. It wouldn't be the biggest plot hole. It'd be. I guess it'd be weird. You still kind of be like, whatever happened to them? But I, I think they will finish this off in some way or another. I saw a lot of stuff uh, where people wanted Galactus to be in the next movie, and I'm like, he's not a celestial though. Not, like he doesn't. He's not. A, he's not part of the Eternals, and he's like, I'm like, they're not gonna. A. I don't think they ever would. Like just give Gal- give Galactus who is fucking Galactus who is like an A I mean top of B bottom of A like level character yeah. like everybody kind of knows who Galactus is even if you don't read comics and I'm like he's also like Fantastic Four villain like that's like he's their guy for sure first and foremost so if they're gonna do Galactus he's gonna like he's not gonna show up until they show up yeah, or after where I assume they're going with any kind of potential sequel is Arashim is taking the Eternals, the remaining Eternals, back to the other Celestials is what I is the kind of the vibe I got to judge. Yeah, them, right? or the at to the World Forge. Yeah, yeah. They were made. I don't. Yeah, I don't see why Galactus would need to be involved. It's kind of weird. 
Yeah, he's yeah, again. He's not a celestial. Like, it's not his. He's mm-hmm. not like a scientist. I mean, he was a scientist, but he's from the universe before the Marvel universe. Yeah, again, it's weird. It's all confusing because it's like there is elements of like the celestials and Galactus overlapping and yeah and stuff. They both use the power. The yeah, the power yeah. cosmic. Um. So yeah. the last thing I was I was getting at before was, and this is this is the positive note we could leave it on, <laughs> even though we just said it might not get a sequel. <laughs> um, we talked about how. Jeff Kirby, when he created them. Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. He wanted to make a myth. And we said that's kind of like backwards. You can't really do that because like, mm-hmm. that's not how myths work. Um, but I want to talk about that. I did like about this movie. Um, and I think even though in the 80s or 70s or whatever, he made up the Eternals, it didn't immediately become a myth. I would argue that the superhero and like Marvel kind of genre at this point is something of a modern myth, right? That's what every, that's what everybody says. I feel and like I, think, like, I agree with that, right? Um, I don't know how I feel about those. I hear that all the time, and okay. I never n- know how to feel. Like I don't not agree with it. Like I don't like I don't think they're wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much sense this makes. Like like I don't think that this is like an incorrect interpretation of superheroes, but I think it's not quite the same thing. Because well, these were made for money. That is true. You obviously can't discount that. But do you recall, like, the last week when we were talking about it, I said, like, one of the reasons you can't decide it's a myth is because it has to have cultural significance. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And I would argue that, at this point, the Marvel movies, and again, or superhero films in general, however you want to look at it, are culturally significant. Yeah. So, like, I, I think... I think at this point they are big enough and significant enough that they are like touchstones for our modern culture. Um, yeah, and I, I get what you mean of that aspect. Like it, they were made from the ground up for profit, so that kind of kind of makes things. Yeah, they're not, they're not like I mean, I almost, not, like they aren't the stories that we told to try to interpret our world. Yeah, but, that exactly. I was j- literally about to say it. Like saying that they're myths is kind of disingenuous, but it, but but at the same time. I don't fault anybody for saying that because it's the simplest way to get your point across. Yeah. Well, cause like there's, so- there's no other, we don't have anything else mm-hmm. to like, I guess the closest thing would be like, it's more of like legends. Like King Arthur is a myth. Yeah. Like, I think, I think if you equate them more to like King Arthur and the Epic of Gilgamesh specific things like Hercules and the art, like very specific kinds yeah, of I stories, that's, then that's yes, what was, that's what I was going to get at. Is that like, it carries on this idea of they're like superheroes, right? Like you said, Gilgamesh or even King Arthur or Hercules, Jason, like all these ancient mythical heroes. I mean, Thor. They're <laughs> right. They're essentially superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are like heroes on like quests doing righteous deeds with mm. usually with some kind of like superpower. That's not yeah. what obviously they called it, but like yeah, obviously we can see the similarities there. Yeah. Or And to get real philosophical on you for a minute here, Jack. Oh, love it. I think, like, you know, when you tell stories about superhumans, you're telling stories about humans, obviously, right? Like, it's well, about yeah, humanity, right? I mean, yeah, I guess it's a little obvious, but like, and again, not to not to be all uh, get all thesis on you. This is, this is my I'll be submitting this for my dissertation. <laughs> um, but like, I guess when you tell stories about super people, you're telling stories about like us at our highest form, right? As in, like, yeah. as a species, the, and. Man, I yeah, I I hundred percent agree, and I think that is one of the reasons. I think I even said this on Justice League Slander Hour, but I'll say it again a hundred times. I'll scream from the mountaintops. 
I'll say it to Zack Snyder's face. That's the reason I hate his Superman. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of Superman is is embodied in the All Star Superman run, and more and most aptly in his father. Oh, his father is oh, I, I'm blanking on his name. Zorel. Yeah, it, yeah, right. Zorel. And his father telling him that he's going to lead humanity like into the next age. Like yeah. that's the point of Superman. He is yeah. he is the power of a god, but he's just a man. Like he just he, he was raised like us. He was mm-hmm. born among us. It, essentially kind of like jesus it's a, yeah it's well, been a phrase we talked about it in justice league because that that day is in snyder's justice league and it's like the best part of that whole movie yeah is that little speech where well, he's getting it from both sides he's getting it from pocket and from Zorro, and they're telling him like yeah like you are important like you yeah because you're super because you are something like better you're something to strive through like obviously you know physically but like again superheroes even though they're mostly you know highlighted by how like they're physically like powerful and strong they're mm-hmm. obviously like obviously thematically that represents us just being better in general and yeah like yeah. superman like uh, it's it's like it's it's our like social traits of being like yeah, honor and exactly. goodness personified physically to inf- to affect our world in like a tangible exactly. way and so yeah the idea that like superman is something for humanity to strive to and that like if we can someday get closer to him then like we will be better as a species and a people and yeah we will someday yeah. join superman among the stars like all that stuff i think is great and like captain america is obviously a very similar idea like he's like the perfect dude like he always does what's right yeah like no matter the cost like that's that's all he is about and never and everybody recognizes yeah. that like he sticks to his code and even everyone from like the from heroes to villains they all recognize begrudgingly or not that like he is the like he's the guy like even if we disagree he'll do what he thinks is right no matter what like he won't compromise and i think despite our problems with this movie i do think the eternals or eternals does that well is this idea mm-hmm. that like at its core it is about humanity and like if anything it like this movie maybe more so than like most superhero movies right because obviously most superhero movies the conflict is essentially humanity versus something either like a some bad guy who's trying to mess things up or like an existential like alien threat obviously like in the avengers or most of the avengers movies i guess are that to an extent right Mm. um so it's it's usually about like humanity prevailing obviously but in this movie in particular it is directly like you know on the nose about the the plot directly centers around the idea of like is humanity worth saving right and i do think that's cool and like done well for the most part and yeah again it's it's definitely in your face like it's not super subtle i suppose but this movie, yeah. yeah, just basically straight up asked the question, like, is humanity worth it? Like, despite all our failings, despite, like, war and the terrible things that we've done to each other throughout history, is humanity, like, worth it? And obviously, like, yeah, they ultimately, the you know, answer yes. Like, that's what the central conflict is about, is that the Eternals, they're the good ones, <laughs> at least, decide that we are worth mm. saving. And that's, like, I don't know, I think that, I think that is cool and powerful and, like, does feel sort of mythical. In nature so get on him for that and like we talked about yeah. again the superman thing but also it's similar to the ultron vision like conversation at the very end of age of ultron right we love I we love, love that conversation man, where ultron's like oh you're you're a dumbass vision like humanity's not even that good though like they're gonna fail anyways like you've denied you've essentially delayed the inevitable like someday they're all gonna die probably in vision's like yeah but something isn't beautiful just because it lasts you know, essentially, yeah, they're doing, yeah, they're their, doing best their best for like, what they it's can. It's a privilege to be among them because 
they they do try and like they might fail and stuff but they'll get there someday essentially you know this something isn't beautiful just because it lasts it's beautiful because it was like and that, that's all super cool yeah so good on eternals yeah, for that yeah if, if anything i agree they they captured that essence of like the soup of the superhero modern myth because like you said words, I... superman right he is an alien but he's also somehow you know the way he's written he's like the best of humanity and the eternals mm-hmm. are in this one again definitely are not, not actually humans they are like yeah. i guess like robot androids of some kind but you know because of living among humanity and like getting to know us and all they they have that same kind of idea of like humanity's worth saving and like we can we can help them mm-hmm. so get on them for that at least yeah I think good job, and I think right there, I think we kind of got our points across. I think we'll get Akatech into uh, some more Marvel stuff from Disney Plus Day. Mm-hmm. Now, my my friend commented on this to me because we were both looking at this stuff, like kind of the sheer power Disney has these days for entertainment. How like it got my friend and I were just like sitting on our phones, just refreshing the Disney Plus page for like <laughs> an hour, just waiting for like the Star Wars or the Marvel stuff to come out. And I was at first very disappointed. Because on their Instagram, they only post the titles yeah. of everything they're going to put out. But it was all stuff we already knew about. Stuff that was supposed to be coming out like mm-hmm. soon. Within the next couple of months, it's supposed to be coming out. But then on Disney Plus itself, they released like a little um, sizzle reel, I guess yeah. you would call it, of going over WandaVision and uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon or Captain America and Winter Soldier, uh, Loki and What If. And then they got into like a bunch of yeah. like. Not, tr- I guess, like teaser trailers. I don't even think you'd say it. They, they um they call them first looks. First looks. I, I see. I never know the difference because I feel like what they did should be considered teaser trailers. But nowadays, teaser trailers are like a two minute and a half long, and, a half and, and a trailers long. like three minutes. They're yeah, two and a half so minutes long and tell you the entire plot of Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> so, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get you. And spoil half the um, shit. Even that was kind of disappointing, though, because I saw because you told me about that because we were like, wait, this is it. And then you told me about that thing. And I went to pull it up. I was like, oh, 14 minutes. Wow. All right. But the yeah. first like 10, 12 minutes of that is just the recaps of all the shows. We've Stuff watched. Like, I've watched all these shows. I don't need this. And then there's yeah, I was really disappointed. I was disappointed because at one point I like got to the renewed stuff and I was like, there's only like two yeah. minutes left. There is a what, size of like what for Hawkeye. I don't know if that's been released previous. Um, I kind of skipped skipped over that because i was like well i don't need to watch like two oh, minutes of hawkeye clip because this show's like a week from coming out two weeks from coming out so yeah i mean i, I didn't watch it that i thought it was good because i was like well this is just well because it at some point it became very apparent that it was just a clip from the show it's not like trailer bits it's right like yeah two minutes of unedited footage i was like well i don't really need this all right let's just run down yeah, the list, it, Jack. what do you think of that all right so they show i got it here the, i want to do it well, i want to well, why do i oh you always do it i want to do it all right, now that's fair. I know him. T- you know what? The best part is you have him right in front of your phone. I know what you're doing. You're holding your phone. You're looking mm-hmm. at him right now. I'm now looking at my phone. I'll off the fucking dome piece. I could just tell. You. I mean, I whatever. You do yes. it. I don't care. I've won. I'm, All right, I'm cutting. I'm cutting out you saying we you have won. X-Men 97, <laughs> which is, as it sounds, it is a continuation of the 97 cartoon, which I think I is think pretty that's cool. Very cool. Um, I've not not gonna lie, never watched that. Um, I've I got it in my. In my Disney Plus thing, it's been sitting there probably since I since it came on there. But uh, maybe I'll have to give it a watch. Oh, is it already? It's already on there. The show, it like the original seasons of the show. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought they were just like putting that on with the new stuff. Like they were going to oh, release it all. Shit. Like 
Now I don't even know, Jeff. Let's check real quick. Because I was like, because I, th- I thought it was like we're gonna keep doing this and we're gonna release all the old seasons and then we're gonna make there's new seasons. A lot seasons. of X Men stuff on there. They have the X Men movies on there, yeah, I believe. I know that's that's uh, legacy yeah, content. Yeah. They call it. Uh, yeah, it's Marvel legacy stuff, whatever. They have. See, this is this is the more our time is X Men Evolutions because that's a show from like the early two thousands, so that's a little closer to us. Um, I always liked that. I thought that show kick ass. Uh, no, yeah, it's on here. So. I don't know why it's okay. So this says so it's got five seasons, um, starting in '92. So it's '92 through '96. So that's why it's called '97, I guess. So it's like they're picking up in '97 with new episodes. So very cool. I don't know how they're gonna do that cast wise, um, but it should be interesting. I didn't realize there was five seasons of that show. Holy cow! I didn't know either. I've never seen that show because I wasn't born <laughs> when it came out. I will say something I find kind of confusing, and it'll come up. It'll come up again here. So they have that under the Marvel Studios banner, and that confuses me because it, that to me implies it's part of. Kind of implies it's part of the MCU, but that's obviously not very much not. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I guess it's just, I guess really Disney, at this point, Disney just uses Marvel Studios to mean like, hey, it's the good Marvel stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> so pretty cool. And they did, did you, did they put on the Instagram the Wolverine meme? They did, did, yes. All right. So stuff. then we have, uh, Moon uh, that Knight. was fun. So Moon Knight actually got Which, clippy little footage bits in that first look. So. Yeah, I knew I knew you'd love it because uh, you're a big guy, guy, and I don't love it, Jack. Oh, because oh, saying so for some reason, Mark Mark Spector is British, which I cannot abide. He is British. I thought. See, I I've never read a Moon Knight comic, and so I was like, I guess he's British, but I guess that he's not. No. But maybe because he's crazy or mentally unwell, I should say. I should say crazy. I don't know. He's like, he's got weird Moon God I mean, craziness. He's not like a. That's true. He's not like he doesn't have like. Bipolar, but uh, I guess s- I guess yeah. whatever he's, they call he's it. Mentally, he's mentally ill, I suppose. For being PC about it, yeah. Um, yeah. that is a thing, and I think there could be something to that because he he's not acting again. He's always like crazy, but I don't know, not this kind of brand of crazy that we see in the uh, trailer here. So maybe maybe that is partly what's happening is that it's like one of his. Yeah, because an interesting part of the trailer is that he like they do a shot where he looks at himself in the mirror and then he keeps walking, but his reflection just like doesn't move with him. So I think that might be something. And they almost show his costume so many times. And I was like, just show it. Yeah. There's not much else, though, right? Uh, one, th- one thing I will say, I don't know if you've heard this, but I have heard rumors that Mahershala Ali's blade will appear in Moon Knight. That would make enough sense to me. See, I wonder if... Yeah. Jack? Jack, it might be time for another theory to add to the heap here. In addition to, okay. to all the Avengers being in Secret Invasion... <laughs> And Young Avengers. And I Young Avengers. There's potentially on the on the horizon a uh, a secret Midnight Suns project because they're assembling like this sort of mystical kind of uh, supernatural side of the Marvel universe. Kind of gray, morally they're, gray. They're kind of building that out between your your Black Knights and your Blade and your your Moon Knights. And Blade has met both yeah. of them at this point. Like, if the rumor is true, he's he's recruiting them to fight vampires. So, like, they could be creating a Midnight Suns team, um, which could be cool. That sounds. I'm right. down for it. Kit Harrington, Oscar Isaac, and Mahershala Ali all just killing what? vampires or whatever they're doing in the movie. We're adding it to the lineup. Midnight Suns, baby. We're doing it, baby. So we'll keep that in mind. So do they have? Go- I mean, they have that Ghost yeah. Rider that they haven't used since Agents of Shield, who's who's in a kind of a gray gray area. I heard they are so develop. I heard they are developing hey, a Ghost Rider show. They're I've in heard there. rumors of that. But yeah, I don't. I don't That'd actually care that much about him being British. I suppose. But yeah, I I I, ho- I, Brit- I think there is a good chance that it's like one of his multiple personalities is a Britishman. 
because on video yeah. like in a show it's harder to show that because in the comic yeah there's all kind of you know you can kind of do whatever you want visually yeah you just draw them bo- yeah, around yeah. him so maybe represent. for this they're like all right how do we do it we'll have them do different voices and stuff so i also think part of the reason i was so taken aback is i think it sounds a little just a little strange generally because um it is Oscar, a strange voice Oscar i will say not himself it... isn't isn't british so like he's also doing an accent in that so yeah. i don't know it's whatever it's probably be good hopefully because yeah, yeah, I, I, I think like so. it a lot as far as like you know d tier kind of like superheroes he's like my favorite so hopefully they do him good now you love you love a good d tier oh, yeah. comic book that nobody likes no, hold on a lot of people like it I've nobody's read taste. hold on uh, it would be d tier if a lot of people it's liked just, him would he just an un- an appreciated gem it's just a hidden gem is all yeah that's what they all say oh glove shadow's an unappreciated gem <laughs> in the star wars universe yeah sure he is all right so then we have she hulk there's clips of that hulk's just in it. uh one thing hulk's just in it i am disappointed about the she hulk form she's not very muscular because like maybe i'm not getting a good enough shot and maybe they'll change it but traditionally in the comics She's just like ripped as fuck. Like she's just jacked. Like just absolutely like like the Hulk is, but she's just like a female. She's super tall. I think she's gonna be probably probably pretty tall. I assume she'll just like grow a couple inches like yeah. the Hulk does, and or half a foot or whatever. But she's like real kind of. I'm sure she's gonna be in shape, but like not like ripped, ripped. And maybe that's just like we got a CGI like a bunch of like huge muscles onto this woman. Once this woman's yeah. body, it might not work as well. So maybe it's that's weird, it. It's like it's. I think it's still unclear what they're even, how they're even like pulling that off, right? Is um, yeah, because yeah, like she's big, but she's also not. Yeah, she's not as big as the Hulk. She's not like a hulking. She's. I, I guess the best way to say is that she's she Hulk in the comics usually is not even like inhuman in her size. She's just like pretty. She's like six five yeah. or six six. She's like pretty tall. I would have said she's a little taller. I'll look it up right yeah. now, actually. I actually don't know how tall but like she is. she's she'd be like the tallest woman you've ever seen, but she's not like literally ten feet tall like the Hulk sometimes is. And so I know a lot of people are like, "How are they going to pull this off exactly?" Because like, basically, what I'm getting at is she's on the borderline character wise of of how large she is of not having to do a CGI character of it, right? Like the Hulk oh, nowadays, yeah. you can't obviously you can't do like a Lou Ferrigno just have a big guy and paint him green, right? He's you know. Okay, so not not to get you off, but she's six seven as she Hulk okay, according so that's to the like Marvel Wiki. Human in size, right? Like that's a normal person size. Yeah. I mean, not a normal, like that's obviously well above average, but but within within the yeah. realms of possibility. So like people are like, are they just going to get a different actor for when she is in Hulk form or what? So it's it's still unclear to see. So that could be part of it. Like maybe the reason she doesn't look freakishly swole is that she is just an actual actress in there doing it. So I, it, it'll be. I'm, I'm yeah. sure that they'll figure it out. Look is something. No matter I've what, heard. I think costumes and like design is something that Marvel universe, the MCU usually does pretty solidly. So yeah, I've heard um, rumors about like the plot is that like because clearly in this trailer Hulk is Professor Hulk, but in the end of Shang Chi he's yeah. Bruce Banner, and I've heard that he gives her a blood transfusion to and, that, and that in the comics that makes her She Hulk. That's how she gains her right. powers is she gets a blood transfusion from because they're cousins. She, she's like harmed in some way right yes like it's like an, it's like an emergency blood transfusion she needs yeah like yeah like it's like yeah it's like important like it has to be him and like it's okay it's like mm-hmm. right in the moment and mm-hmm. i think from what i saw some some rumor that he won't be able to he will his his transformation will start to waver like he'll turn back into banner 
and he like can't access it as well anymore. Um, so he might they might take away Professor Hulk. I mean, they clearly have. I mean, based on Shang-Chi, they have. So it's interesting that they showed us that he isn't Professor Hulk anymore, and then we have a show where he is. Yeah. Um. So that is kind of that, strange. That's... Also because. Oh gosh, now I don't. Now I'm questioning. But his arm isn't in the sling in this, was it? It wasn't. No, because in Shang-Chi, his arm's still in a sling, implying he's still like recovering from the end of Avengers Endgame. So like this takes place. If he's not in a sling anymore, then it would suggest he takes place after Shang-Chi, right? Yeah, or it could just be like we said. I think we said this when during our "Who's a Guy in Ten Rings" episode. He might just be able to turn yeah, in and I, out. I mean, it might just give him that ability. To being, to going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally plausible. But uh, I also heard a rumor that uh, she's that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to be in this show and that they're going to have a relationship of some kind. Because huh. she's a lawyer and he's a lawyer. Lawyers, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you love to see a short king Absolutely. win. Is Daredevil short? I don't know. How, well, I mean, they're all probably short as she all because she's I think Daredevil is like a, probably above average height because all Marvel characters are like ridiculous He's, she's like because fucking she hopes like an ieo right. woman <laughs> little wheels. well let's see i mean we could look at actual charlie cox is probably the best show. yeah gosh i love him i hope he's like coming all in i hope he's full force we're gonna get, he's 510 so so this is this i think is big so i don't know well i guess there is no rhyme reason to order because x-men 97 isn't until 2023 so that's well off but for moon knight it says coming soon for she hulk it says coming soon for miss marvel a show that it's summer 2022 this year out of nowhere, this let's see, Jack. This freaking delay that, stuff's getting yeah. tedious. Now, is this is whatever? I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm uh, enraged about this, and I because we've talked about before. I'm not immensely excited for this to begin with. It's it's, it's a whole thing, but I, I don't know. Regardless, you, I don't know why there's so much bearing the lead when it comes to the delaying of stuff, and it just can. It at this point, it, it there's no rhyme or reason, and it's coming out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know what's up about it. Yeah. Like, because we I, talked yeah, about, I've said it out loud multiple times in the show, is that just a few months ago, they, Adam, they like said, hey guys, very specifically, Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel are still coming out this year. And they delayed it by like pres- at least six months, I guess, presumably, right? That's yeah, pretty presumably. significant. And it looks like potentially, again, I, I don't know what this necessarily means. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems as if the sh- order could have shifted such that. Moon Knight and She-Hulk are still come come out when they were going to come out, which is to say they will not be in front of Ms. Marvel. So I don't yeah. Know but we got new stuff from Ms. Marvel. So whatever. Uh, one thing the mo- the most interesting part of the trailer, of the little snippet we got is there's a, a scene which I assume is when she gets her powers where she's looking around and it slow-mos around uh, what's her name? Kamala her actual name like is it Kamala Khan, Kamala and it's all like purple and blue and like ethereal, which is not, which is very similar to Monica Rambo in WandaVision when she gets her powers. So I thought that was just a fun we detail still, to like kind of connect it like an actual good look at what those might be. But it definitely seems the the evidence seems to be mounting that she's not going to be stretchy, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I know because CGI, CGI stretching might look we talked goofy. about it on the show. Apparently, people are very bothered by that because in her debut run in the comics it's like her stretchy powers become very important thematically as a to her as a character yeah apparently there's i think there's this element of she changes her appearance to look like someone else because she doesn't feel like confident in who she actually is and that's the thing she kind of overcomes and then she is and like that's very cool and all i've never read that comic so it i don't know it's not a great loss to me i guess 
Yeah, I mean that's a good message and all, but I reckon mm, they I reckon really... they're smart enough to pull it off regardless. But yeah. I don't know. It remains to be seen, of course. I, I can understand why some would be bothered by that. But it's like we always say, that comic still has that exact message. So just read the comic. And then this is, maybe this is something a little different, but then you get both. It's like a two for one in that way, isn't it? Yeah. Two for. They sure dress it up like Captain Marvel. She seems to literally putting on like a Captain Marvel like Halloween costume. Homemade costume. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, pretty fun. That fun. Yeah, that kind of that I think that makes yeah. sense as far as how she would be like doing it again. There is that the thing in this universe of like Ms. Marvel doesn't exist, um, so she can't like borrow the Ms. Marvel name because there never was a Ms. Marvel. So yeah, C- Carol Danvers never wore a black skin tight leotard yeah, and flew around. So I guess it'll just be like you can be the Ms. Marvel to my Captain Marvel. You'll be my sidekick. You'll be Ms. Marvel when she shows up. That, that they, quote me on that, Jack. I think that'll be verbatim dialogue from this show. <laughs> you can be my Miss Marvel and my Captain Marvel, and she and Kemal will be like, "Well, wouldn't I be like a lieutenant or something?" Or like, no, a- that's that's stolen valor. Actually, you are not in the military. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. I I'm in the Air Force. Were you no, in the Air so- Force? She's like, "No, I'm like 15. Why would I?" Ha-? So it's strange that you'd want to. You you think you deserve some sort of officer rank? That's interesting. <laughs> yes, no, you shall be Miss and and nothing more. Well, I guess Monica is Monica Rambo going to show up? Like, I wonder if they're going to have Monica Rambo show up and be like. Hey, Monica, hey, you have powers like me. Let's go meet Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel 2. Or if they're going to have Brie Larson be like, it's me, Brie Larson. Welcome to my YouTube channel. It'd be weird if Brie Larson just shows up, though. Because, like, she's shown very much in the Marvel Universe, in the MCU so far, to be very hands-off on Earth because of that whole thing. She Like, that's her thing in this in this universe is, I'm the Avengers for the whole rest of the universe. Earth has like a thousand yeah. superheroes that live on it. Everywhere else does not. So I should be out there. So it'd be weird for her to just be like, hey, kid. Hello, young lady from New Jersey. I came all the way here just to congratulate you on your great work. But You're now Miss Marvel. Oh, Ms. Marvel. I, I, would, I would not think. See you later. And, just, whoop, will be in it. and I don't think Carol Danvers will have a major role in it either because that's uh, they got to be saved most of that for the, the Marvels. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. What's next? What so. if season two? Cool. Yeah, you already knew about that, so not too much to say. They okay, season two they did mention is Loki season two, which I think is interesting. Which may tie into my thing that it will come out between Doctor Strange and Thor, and Loki will come back into Thor about Loki. So yeah, Yeah, we did talk about. I think we did know it was having a season two. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just saying, like the fact that they put it in here shows that they're like, this is, like, mm-hmm. pay attention to this. Like, it's not far away. We have one thing, we have one picture of eyepatchless Samuel L. Jackson for Secret Invasion, and I, that's he's something, I guess. He's not rocking the iPad. He's looking pretty he's, a, he's looking pretty intense. D- so, good on him. Yeah. Oh, Sam Jackson. Good for him. We had Echo. Yeah. We knew that was coming, but nothing else other than the logo. Yeah. It's an interesting. I don't else. know what's going on with the logo. It's interesting. I mean, they all look, they all look ah, yeah. they, don't they? They're good at that. Yeah. Else. Oh, hopefully Daredevil's in it. It also just says coming soon, so there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to when that, any of that means. We yeah. have Marvel Studios' Spider-Man Freshman Year. Um, I think that will be an animated series that is within the canon of the MCU, if I had to guess. No, okay, I've, I've heard it is. So I've heard that it's like him, presumably, like freshman. before Civil yeah, War, yeah. Be- learning yeah. to do because his powers. In, does check out? Yeah, because he's a sophomore in Homecoming. He's a, I guess, a junior in Far From Home, and he's like a, about to graduate now, so... This is his first freshman year before he got like a real suit. He just ride around in his goofy homemade suit. So that'll be fun. Hopefully they'll oh, maybe yeah. they'll get Tom Holland or they'll get the kid who did it or the guy who did him in what if? I am Groot. I think we knew about that, right? Some kind of animated thing, yeah. whatever. Don't, don't uh, super care. Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah. holiday special. 
it's in a different order on Twitter. I don't know why they did that. It's in a weird order. Uh, I, I heard should be well, pretty cool. Looking fun. Should be pretty cool. Young Avengers. Young Avengers. Get um, her on there. Throw her in the team. Get her on there. We got America Chavez. We're getting her. We got Miss Marvel. We're getting. I don't I, see. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about America Chavez, but I still that's that's an interesting one. All I know is she has a lot of powers, and they're very it's crazy. Because from what I've read, is she can fly. She can like she is like super strength. She can also just jump through dimensions. Like that's why she's in this multiverse multiverse movie with Doctor Strange. She can like hop dimension. From to what dimension. I understand, I think she made the jump relatively quickly from the New Avengers. Or sorry, the Young Avengers to just like I think she well I don't know if she's ever been on the Avengers, but she was definitely on the Ultimates, which is like a cosmic sort of based team, like she with like Captain Marvel and and those kind of. I think maybe Monica Rambeau as well. So um, that's a thing she did in the comics because clearly, I clearly saw, she's on that level power wise. I saw um, something that she, it was like a comic where they look into the future and she becomes like yeah, Captain America. Seen that. Yeah, so good on her. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, she's not much of a. Let's she's see. not actually very similar to Captain America. No, not at all, because she's got like actual power, like real yeah. kind of powers. Not just. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find her powers. So she has flight, super speed, super strength, invulnerability, star portal creation. Oh, interdimensional travel and time travel, energy infusion, superhuman longevity, hyper cosmic awareness, in betweener facimilar. Facsimile. Facsimile, yes. Uh, and then she has edges syndrome. That doesn't sound like a power. Hmm. No, oh, it's okay. a weakness. A genetic disease. That's genetic disease. What the hell? Is this like a real thing? Oh, yeah. Ironheart. Rhea Williams. Teaming up. Clearly, the event, the Young Avengers team they're creating. I don't know if we, we made that clear, just so no one bothers us. But it is like a composite of it's multiple teams from the comics to create like a yeah. bigger team, if anything. I think, I think we made the... I think we uh, said in our Loki episodes in the beginning of the show that... Ironheart is replacing Iron yeah. Lad because Iron Lad is just it's just young. They Kang. lose him very early on in the initial He's... run, and he becomes a villain. He just becomes Kang. They like inadvertently make him Kang. They do it yeah, as you can imagine. They do it. Yeah. They do it. They just make him Kang. They do it with every time travel story yeah. does, where they're like, "You're gonna become me one day." He goes, "I'll never be you." And then one bad thing happens. He's like, he goes, "I'm gonna be guess I'm gonna Kang be the guy." All. He comes back oh, with, like my damn. girlfriend's in love with Vision. Oh, I'm gonna be Kang after all. Oh. You guys, have, you guys have done Ooh. it now. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to regret this. Ooh, and he shook his fist like I, a 1920s damn man. Near. That's how I recall it, at least. It happens in Young <laughs> Avengers, The Children's Crusade. Give it a read. It's good shit. But yeah, good on Rhea Re- 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 Williams. She'll do good. I mean, again, it, it very much lines she'll, up. She'll do well. <laughs> it should um, it should very much work in the MCU. I don't know if we've talked about her much before, but the whole her character exists in the comics as a successor to Tony Stark when he dies, and obviously Tony Stark is dead in this too. He's um, dead. The, question, the only question that really remains is if they're going to do a hologram Robert Downey Jr., which I would say they should. But it might be yeah, that'd be too expensive. Yeah, because it's because it, then you have to get Robert Downey yeah. Jr. and be like, I'll I'll take I'll take all the money you have to bring me back. I think he will. Like, Just uh, like I think Robert... Steve Rogers will be uh, returning at some point or another. I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Um. Then we have Agatha House of Harkness. Th- oh, you want to say something? I said I think so. I think we literally mentioned that, like how they'll both. Yeah. I think we have because I I think I remember saying they'll both come back, back as like like mentors. Back. So we got Agatha yeah. House Harkness. Cool it? name. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah, whatever. It's weird. I guess there's just the yeah. positive reaction to her, um, in the in the show in WandaVision. I have no pro- like I not that I don't not that I'm like I don't want this. I just don't care because I didn't I didn't 
yeah. really, I wasn't clamoring for it, and I'll watch it, and I like the actress who played Agatha Harkness. Yeah, again. I think she was good in the role, yeah, and I think good. it'll be good. It was a reaction to it, so may as well. I agree, it wouldn't have been my first choice, but it's whatever. Um, then we got Marvel Zombies. Um, right. This is an interesting one. I, I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, me either. Maybe they'll just do the Marvel yeah. Zombies storyline from the comics. a continuation of like the what-if story. Um, although, as we talked about when we talked about that what-if episode, it's not. There's not much to continue. Um, I think that I think the yeah, heroes they, are not long for the world in that one. Yeah, because the only full body actually, there's only one hero that has all his uh parts it's Spider-Man, and it's Spider-Man. Which, good on him. He, he got seems Ant- sweet and all, but he's not. He's no threat to fight. He's not gonna f- zombie, zombie Thanos, Thanos with, with the Infinity Gauntlet and the Zombified Black Order and all of Zombified Wakanda because they're all on the same team. It's no, yeah. yeah. So maybe that yeah. it will be just a, a more accurate adaptation of the comic like you said but that comics that comics weird i don't know i don't know if they'd go full bore although they they took the exact logo like that's the exact comic logo so maybe and then yeah, yeah secret invasion we, we've talked about before we, we got the picture but that's it so good on them um, good on them all right so let's shift into then the other thing which was uh well not we don't need to have a boba fett but there was we we got some more like very little teaser stuff for obi-wan yes we did we got a little one minute Talking about the Ewan thing. McGregor and his thick ass accent. Good on him. He's like, I, I've always wanted to play Obi Wan again. Obi Wan, we're gonna go Obi Wan. Don't you know? Yeah, no, good on him. Everybody was clamming for see, me. I love this character. See Hayden Christensen again. Me, Man, I haven't seen me. him. You and McGregor. I, <laughs> I haven't seen him in, in two shakes of a wolf's moon. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, Oh, don't you know? Back in the back in the the hill in the Scotland. Right, so, whatever the fuck concept from. art is is the only like look at anything we really got. Oh, yeah. which shows Darth Vader. Darth Vader, Obi Wan, like it would appears to maybe be his castle, I would assume, and Darth Vader yeah, and Obi Wan facing off. And I think I'm gonna make my stand here, Jack. I'm gonna talk about it. This is gonna be the last time I'm gonna try to mention it, and then I will I will purge forever. I mentioned it before. I'm gonna do it one more time. I think I probably brought it up two. Oh, here we go. I'm not you super excited did. about the prospect of Darth Vader in this, and I was holding out hope for a while that it could just be some somehow like an ancillary sort of role right. of like flashbacks or like maybe Darth Vader would off be doing something else, maybe and we would get Darth Vader stuff at the same time as Obi Wan, but not you know not having them actually meet. But this seems to confirm, and again, the things they said and the things they've been saying, I think it's beyond a shadow of a doubt, they're literally going to meet and and do a fight in this. And again, I've talked about it before. I have problems with this. Don't think it works in canon. It's never an element of legends. I would argue that this literally breaks canon, that they're going to be doing some pretty heavy retroactive continuity with this because there has throughout, like between the comics and books and um, the anthology collections, there's been a smattering of different stories of Obi-Wan during his exile. And it's never been mentioned or even hinted at that he ever left. It's whatever. I, I have my own problems with that. Yeah, I was trying to do something similar. I was just trying not. I didn't even think of the comics or the or the books, but I was just trying to think of uh, with a friend of mine. I was like, is there what lines in Episode Four give any like shadow of like them having met before? Like not not even like they were like t- like he was he once when he was Anakin. Like when has Darth Vader met with Obi Wan? Like yeah, as it he is. doesn't make sense. It 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 really seemed and like obviously part of that's not like. 100% concrete solid because 
George Lucas essentially did ret- some retroactive continuity for the prequels, right? Um, but even still, yeah, like in episode four, he says, like, your father's dead. Like, he was killed by a student of mine who fell to the dark side called Darth Vader. Like, and I killed him. And then when they meet, he's like, Darth Vader's like, last time we met, I was a student and you were the master, but now, like, the circle's complete or whatever. And that doesn't seem to give a lot of leave a lot of room for them having met again between them. Like I've I've also heard that in episode four, George Lucas wanted at first was thinking to have Darth Vader and Anakin be separate people again. Yeah, and then he was he was like, I'll make him I'll combine them. Basically, there's retroactive continuity all the way through, right? Like we can't let's not pretend anything to the slightest. So I guess I shouldn't be too too mad. Um, at this point, it's just weird. Like, yeah, it's one thing when it's George Lucas doing it as he makes the movies. But at this point, it's kind of established lore for 40 years now. It seems very strange to change. And I don't, I guess the thing I have take the most umbrage with is in this trailer, or this special look thing, the director, whose name I've now forgotten, (laughs) or I guess rather, I should say the showrunner, um, because she is the showrunner. She did episodes of the Clone Wars, or not the Clone Wars, sorry, the Mandalorian, and now she's showrunning this. Um, Deborah Chow is her name, I believe. Yeah, so... In this little clip thing, she says that they found when they set out to make this show that they couldn't tell the story of Obi-Wan's story without Anakin. And I think that's kind of... I, I disagree with that pretty heavily for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, mm-hmm. I disagree with it because I don't think this needs to be Obi-Wan's story. As in, like, the yeah. definitive story of Obi-Wan. Because it's kind of like we've talked about before with Anakin. Um, About, like, six of the movies are Obi-Wan's story. Like... This doesn't need mm-hmm. to be the definitive masterwork on Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's a story about Obi-Wan, but it's not the story of Obi-Wan. If that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. It feels weird that they decided when they made this that they needed to make this definitive, this the, like the definitive boiled down like masterwork on the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi because it just doesn't need to be. We have movies worth of him. Like this is not that. And I also disagree with the idea that like you need Anakin to tell any kind of meaningful story about Obi-Wan. Yeah, because Qui-Gon Jinn exists. Yeah, sure. Like, some of the stories about, some of these other secondary stories about Obi-Wan during his exile are some of my favorite things. I've talked to him before. I think I've talked, brought them up on the show, at least in passing. But, like, there's the Kenobi novel, which is a Legends novel about this topic, um, which deals with his very early days in exile. And him working through that and, like, him uh, dealing with sand people. And he, it's it's about how he first establishes his connection with Qui-Gon again. And there's... Through the uh, those anthology books I like so much about the for like the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, there's a Qui Gon chapter and an Obi Wan chapter which are both really good. And I've talked about how like they have a very interesting like version of Obi Wan and his perspective on the world where he has come to terms with Anakin and like he has um, sort of like he's sort of at peace with it in the idea that yes, like he he didn't act perfectly, but he also did pretty good and like he doesn't he doesn't have all that guilt. For in anymore, he doesn't blame himself entirely. Yeah, he did he as did, well as yeah. he could have. He did as well as he could have, and he he finds comfort in the fact that he knows that no matter what else, Anakin knew right from wrong, and Anakin still chose wrong, and like that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, Anakin was an adult. Yeah, like he wasn't a child. Exactly. So I like a lot of those stories, and they don't have Anakin other than as like a sort of like a I don't know what you call it, like a presence, like a like a. A looming force. Like it's, it, Anakin is there in spirit, as in like as Obi Wan thinks about him, but he's not there physically, I guess. And like that's that's what right, I think this yeah. show maybe is, is 
just from the way she mentioned that is maybe like kind of missed is that you can have Anakin as a presence mm-hmm. and as like a something he's thinking about and working over without him being physically there maybe but I don't know I, I I'll try to have that be the last time I bring it up as like a negative because I would like to be positive about it because it's Star Wars and all so and I'm meek whining about it on the show is not going to change it is it so no not really so hopefully well, hopefully they I'm sure they'll do good but maybe they'll pull like a it'll all just be a dream and they won't actually meet and then I, I will be satisfied <laughs> oh, but again I do think it's a little silly to boil it down to like well obviously for this to be any kind of meaningful story about the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi him and Darth Vader have to fight at the end like really don't you know they gotta fight to the death that. so eh, we'll see well well, we'll just kind of have to see. The only other... Oh, I was surprised there was no other Star Wars yeah. stuff that was yeah, announced. Yeah, me too. This. I was also a little uh, su- surprised, you could say. You could use other words, probably. There was no... Yeah, I, I'm just I'm surprised there's no thing about the James Clydesdale That's show. like the next one. I thought that was going to be before Obi-Wan. That's not clear. I don't know what's going yeah. on with that. But yeah. Andor... We should have got stuff for Andor. We have not seen hide nor hair of that show in months when we saw, like, two shots from it. So I don't... I don't know what they're doing man i think the the like thought is that they're holding out for star wars celebration but i don't even know when the hell that is like, is that next spring like jesus people they're <laughs> killing me jack let's see star wars celebration 2020 real quick august it's august of next year so they are high bro oh no i'm sorry they moved it from august to may that is still too far that's like six months from now that's it's crazy yeah. like come on <sighs> killing me yeah you hate to um, see the it. only other thing this isn't specifically disney plus day stuff but it's in the same vein so let's cover it real quick is that the Patty Jenkins helmed uh, Rogue Squadron movie has been delayed indefinitely. Not Ooh. delayed as in moved back like a slot. Delayed as in like, just don't know. We're not working on it right now. Ooh, that's so... an... not no, a good sign. Not. I was excited for that movie. And she seemed to be very enthusiastic about it. Talking about how like, I don't know if you saw the stuff around it from last year's celebration. Or no. Last year's I have celebration. no idea what Rogue Squadron okay, is. So they announced this at either last year's. Like I've, I've I've heard of it, but I don't know what it's about. Um, they announced it either. Well, Rogue Squadron is a like long, um, long run sort of property for Star Wars. They there was a series of books about it. There was there's been a couple games about it. So like it, it as like a you've probably heard it maybe in those contexts before. Um, but this specific movie they announced last year at either D twenty three or Disney or not no D twenty three or Celebration. I don't recall which one, but. Um, they had like a bit of a sizzle reel for it and her talking about it and how like her dad was a pilot. And so she like she talking about how excited she was for it and how she wanted to make not just like the best, like a good stars movie. She her exact words in this thing was that she wanted to make the best pilot movie of all time. Like she was, that's what cool, I'd say, but like good honor. Way to have some aspirations. Yeah, I mean, you got to have high right. goals. Shoot that's for right. the moon. And so it's curious to me that uh, this is the route that it's gone. I, I really don't know about that because and it's like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's scheduling issues. We just couldn't schedule it. And I'm like, so this movie that she was like just last year, like incredibly enthused about it seemed uh, is now like she couldn't be bothered to even make. Like, I guess maybe she's working on Wonder Woman 3, but no one liked her last Wonder Woman movie. So I don't know what that's about. Anyway, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot going on. I don't know. We've never talked about it on the show um, just because the timing never. Okay, I mean, because obviously our show is still quite new. But this. This is like the latest in a long line of Star Wars having these absolutely crazy production problems, right? Right. Like yeah. all the way back to, gosh, I guess like Solo is maybe the, or no, 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 sorry, Jesus. Back to Rogue One, which is only the second Star Wars movie that Disney made. They reshot significant portions of that movie. 
And Gareth Edwards is like, this is still like kind of up in the rumored one. But like there was talk around the time that Gareth Edwards essentially was removed late in the production. They were like, all right, whatever you're doing here ain't working, bro. We got to fix this shit. <laughs> they changed the yeah, ending, right? It, it seems that like a significant portion of the third act was changed. God knows what else. There mm-hmm. is like for Solo, they literally kicked off the directors and reshot like 70% of that movie with Ron Howard for episode seven. They, they, or no, I'm sorry. Episodes seven, episode seven and eight went well for Solo. They kicked him off for episode nine. They kicked off Colin Trevorrow and had to get in JJ. Um, they kicked off and all the good and all the good all the good yeah, that did. They kicked off the guy from the Obi Wan movie. Nope, sorry, not the Obi Wan movie. The guy from the Boba Fett movie who did um twenty fifteen Fantastic Four that movie. Fan Forstick? Yeah. Um, I don't know what's his name. I don't know his name. I don't either. Um, it's either. See, I can't even remember now. Genji Tratikovsky? <laughs> no, it was either the writer or director of that fanforstic movie. Now I can't remember, but whatever. They kicked him out. Like it's basically <laughs> the Star Wars. Pro- oh, and then the um the Game of Thrones guys were gonna do like I don't know three movies or something. They they were hyping them up for. Oh they yeah, they were. That they have been plagued by these issues for some reason i don't know i don't know what it's about man i really don't it's it's kind of strange that being both owned by disney that like marvel studios runs itself at peak efficiency seems like even props they have had like your uh right leaving ant man that's the big one probably it seemed few and far between and other than like obviously their production delays that have happened in the past two years because of covid they've not really had any significant ones prior to this no it's weird man I don't know what it's about. It's just, maybe because, I mean, I don't want to be that guy. Maybe Star Wars is just bad. Mm. Mm. Now, well. Have you, did you consider no, that? I hadn't considered that, and I won't. Not so long oh, as there's okay. breath in well, my yes. breast. And you are a fool. Alrighty. That's probably sums it up, though, <laughs> on that note of canceled yeah. Star Wars shit. So we're not going to get a Star Wars movie for a billion years, it seems. The next one is like Taika Waititi's, maybe. I don't even know. Ryan Johnson is too busy making, like, a gajillion dollars off of knives out be bothered um even though and he also probably doesn't want to deal with everyone again but i think he'd be god i think he'd make some some incredible shit if they let him actually come back and make his star wars trilogy i I, i'd jack say right now i don't care who knows it'd probably be the best star wars stuff ever no joke i think you've said that on the show it's a damn shit but we scared we scared him away jack well i didn't i I liked him you all scared him away you big babies complained about and, and, and green space milk and look, look where it got us. Now you just get no Star Wars movies. You broke your toys, guys. There's just no Star Wars movies ever again. They're just going to keep delaying them until we all you know, are dead. Until the heat death of the universe. And you know, honestly, I don't mind. So let's Akatech on to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's correct. Sorry, Zach like Akatech. You can't respond. I understand the rules. <laughs> I've used them to my own before and so I must bow to them now. You shall be struck by the same blade that you sharpened yourself Cruel fate. Anyway, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is a, a no, FX sitcom. It's always that... sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> you goober! I was just—if you only finished my sentence, I was going to say that Zach and I like a the lot. Longest running of sitcom like of all time. A little known show. Maybe you've heard of it. I—I <sighs> said what I, I said. All what I was saying. I was. Yeah, but it's funnier if I pretend that's what you were saying. <sighs> But yeah, we're big oh, fans, oh, oh, and we've been waiting with bated breath for when they were actually going to do the next season, because they 
been talking about it for COVID like two and all years. That. Yeah. And then they recently just came out with the official release date, which is December 1st, right? It's the first. And they're releasing, the, yeah, and there's eight episodes and they're released and there's only four weeks and they're released in batches of two from what I've oh, seen. I didn't even know that. That's cool. Yeah. If you look on Google, um, episode one and two are, comes out, uh, come out on the first and then like three and four come out on the eighth and then the 15th and then the 22nd. Excellent. So they're done like, re- like literally right before Christmas. We got a lot of stuff right before Christmas. <laughs> they also did a trailer this week, which it, probably what, there's not much to talk about. I mean, it's a, it's like a goofy, you know, it's a comedy trailer. So it's just intercut jokes from no. eight episodes. So. Yeah. Pretty good though. So what we were going to do, because it's not too much. We're just excited. We, we uh, ranked our favorite episodes from all 14 seasons. Yes, we did. Kind of. Well, you'd ranked it more so now. I just picked my favorite from each one. I, Frankly, I didn't understand the assignment. But it's where we are. Oh, also, I yeah. forgot 14. It's... Where's 14? Oh, no. Hold on. You didn't do it at all. You just did. You just and didn't I finish. forgot I had it. I must have. I must have. You did it wrong and Hold didn't on. finish. Um, oh, yeah, we're, we're big, big. This episode's already been a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to. We're big fans of It's Always Sunny, though. It's like. Oh, massive fans. It's just really good. I don't it's, know, man. It's my favorite television show. My favorite sitcom. Like, I'm a big sitcom guy. That's my favorite sitcom. It's like the best one, man. Yeah, literally. It's like, I think there's a reason. I mean, maybe, yeah, it's, I guess it's not super controversial. Again, it is very popular, but I don't know. You know, those normies, Jack, they're like in their offices and their friends. But us, us calculating sigmas, we know. <laughs> we know the real good sitcom is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, of course. So yeah, let's get into it. So <laughs> what, what do you have for season one, Jack? Or, I guess, season one. You so you know we'll go down the seasons, and I'll say where I rank them All out right, of fourteen, because that because that works. Okay, so my season one episode is Charlie wants Mine an abortion, Excellent. and I've and I've ranked that number thirteen. See, I think I think there's a chance we're gonna have a lot of uh, overlap, just because I mean I think the, the the good episodes are the good episodes, and and you know you and I obviously have yeah. similar taste. So mine's also Charlie wants an abortion. I think that's got some very funny gags in it. I like when oh, Mac, um, obviously like he just throws it all his beliefs away at the very end as soon as it affects him very funny yeah. very funny like joke dennis is on the bait. fence dennis, you know, everybody dennis t- literally climbing over the fence eh, pure goal i mean it's a bit on the nose but come on he's when he's stuck atop yeah. the fence and, and both sides are and they're throwing eggs at him great stuff oh yeah uh, so, so what, what was your season two let's do let's the go back and forth this will be season two episode oh see mine is the charlie goes america all over everyone's <laughs> ass it's pretty good i can't episode I ranked that number number okay. twelve. I actually watched that one last night with a friend of mine because he had never uh-huh. seen the show, and I was like, "I'm gonna show you some episodes." And I actually showed him episodes from this list of like my favorite. Yeah, ones. I thought about going through, and I sh- that was one of the ones I showed him. Oh. That I chose the Goes America mostly because of Frank's kind of subplot with the Asian gamblers. That is pretty funny <laughs> when they're all when they're in the basement at the end. Because I remember because my friend was watching it, and I was watching him, and not because I knew what, I knew what was happening in the end when they're doing the Russian roulette. And when the gun goes off, his face went, oh my, he went, oh my God. <laughs> and then the episode ends, but it was good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. The Gango Jiha one's pretty funny. Uh, the ending gag where they just like burned down a build, a business for no reason. Yeah. Good stuff. The, isn't, isn't he uh, Jewish? Yeah, yeah. So Jewish they've, guy? They've incidentally become anti-Semitic. So it's a whole thing. They didn't do it because of that. Yeah. But that's the, that's like the joke. Yeah, so they instantly become it. Season three for me. Or do you wait? Do you- yes, yeah. Um, so my season three, I miscalculated as the gang sells out. I thought it was a different episode than it was. I got that episode and Sweetie gets a heart attack. I got those two mixed up. When I meant to put season three, 
if I because I realized mm-hmm. I did this wrong would be Mex's that's serial killer. That's mm-hmm. a good one. And I put that one. I put the gangsters at fourteen. I'll just put that one there. So really, the first three seasons are kind of the bottom of my list. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I kind of so, see that. They're, they're I mean, they're in the groove still, yeah. right? Like they're still getting in. Yeah. So I, I I kind of agree with that as well. I we I will say though, people a lot of people routinely undersell the first season, um, and we think that's good. Like it's it's on par with the first. It's a very it's very good. I would argue. There's obviously it's different, right? Because Frank isn't in it at all. The the cam the camera quality is a little mm-hmm. to be desired. And again, they're still finding it. They're you know, still uh, they're they're the most normal in season one. They're not. Well, yeah, they haven't been flanderized. Uh, flanderized, yeah, so, but they're they're still pretty terrible. I mean, like we just described that abortion episode. Yeah. So yeah, the first the little first episode of the first season. It's it's what you always like. You kind of know what you get into because the first episode is called "The Gang Gets mm-hmm. Racist." They don't even try to hide that what this show is. Like like this is the show, and you're gonna like it or you're not. Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna pretend. We're not gonna hold your hand. So season four is season four is a solid season. Season four is hard agree. to pick, but I picked. The Nightman Cometh. I rate that number I, 10. See, that's a solid pick. Uh, that would be, I guess, a uh, honorable mention for me, as would The Gang Cracks at Liberty Bell, or maybe even Myself that's the a Gas great Crisis. One. Very good ones. Um, but I pick Sweetie as a Heart Attack, if only for the Charlie Max subplot. The Pepe, the Pepe Sylvia Pepe speech. Sylvia. I mean, it's the it's one of the most iconic bits through yeah. the whole show. Now, I will say, season four holds my least favorite episode of Who Pooped the Bed. Who Pooped the Bed is not that my episode. least favorite episode, but I, it's it's not up there. I can yeah. I can understand it's one that I just like. I find like almost all these episodes I find funny and enjoyable. This one I don't think is very funny or enjoyable. Like I, I like skip it. Do not watch it. Given the choice not to. So I can feel you. Yeah, it's one of like I think is like a, not a good mm-hmm. episode. But you know, one bad episode, one or two bad episodes that I generally don't like out of fourteen seasons, about ten episodes mm-hmm. each. I mean, I'm not. It's not that. I really don't think it's that bad. All right. So season five, I picked the Great Recession. I ranked that number nine overall. Really? Yes. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of good. This one it's yeah. hard because all, most of these episodes are incredible. Yeah, Dennis system, Mac and Charlie break, Mac and Dennis break up, World, World Series defense. defense. The waitress getting married. hits the road. It's all very good. Mortgage crisis. Is the one where they try to get Charlie to date again? Very funny. But I picked the Great Recession run because Frank tries to kill himself. Charlie just says they're crab people, yep. and uh, Mac and Dennis on how the economy very works. Good. That's the sparkness of that yep. episode. And all great stuff. Um, I picked the Dennis system, if if only on sheer like you know icon status. Yeah, uh, but I, no, that's yeah, definitely I fair. World Series defense, I also very much enjoy. Yeah, the gang, the Great Recession, the gang hits the road. Even I like again, like you said, this whole episode, the gang or the whole season, the gang exploits the mortgage crisis. That one's pretty funny. Because it, yeah, a lot of good ones in this one. Can't even lie. Now, uh, season six, I picked a very sunny Christmas, and I have ranked that one as my number one favorite episode. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, it's very big. Like it's a whole. Yeah. Obviously, it's a double long. It's it's very good. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. you got a lot of meat on that one because everyone gets like a double long arc. They all have very funny stuff going on. Obviously, like Max' whole thing of uh, learning that his parents just stole his Christmas gifts every year. Christmas presents. They broke in people's houses mm-hmm. and stole them. Charlie's whole thing of his mom being uh, a uh, Santa prostitute. prostitute, unfortunately. And then D and Dennis having to deal with the fact that their dads, Frank, is just the worst. And always bought what they wanted for himself. Again, contributing to the the outcome of their lives. Warped. No doubt. Yeah, making them warped and horrible. I also would probably go with a Very Sunny Christmas. But I also really like The Gang Gets Stranded and Charlie Kelly, King of the Rats. Ooh, King of the Rats is a and, good one. And, of course, The Gang Buys a Boat. That's another iconic one because you have the whole, like, 
impl- because of the implication. It's pretty enduring. Right, that's the, the classic like, scene. Dennis's worst things. Even uh, God. even Charlie and Mac are white trash. It's pretty funny. And they get stuck at the yeah, stuck in the pool. Yeah, stuck in the bottom of the pool. Yeah. All right. I got so, uh, season seven. I, I put my number one as the gang gets trapped. I also have that one as my number one. I picked that number nine overall. Very good. That great episode. Funny. Like, uh, so again, funny. This is, I, I the, think this is potentially that. like the peak of the show is, is four through seven, five through seven, five through eight. Kind of oh, yeah. Because this season, what, has... I think the Storm of the Century um, is very good. Charlie D. McDennis is very good. Um, How Mac got that. The... Go- Jer- Jersey Shore, Pretty Women, Sweet D gets I audited. High School Reunion is my favorite of the two-parters. The one I don't like is Frank's I, brother. I say, that, that is my is least my favorite. Least favorite of the whole show. So yeah, I don't find it very. Uh, it's kind of funny. The when they do like they they try to make you, uh, you know, they don't even like try. I guess the thing is they they barely try to convince you that Danny DeVito is like a sixteen-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other yeah. than that, yeah, not not uh, not great. Uh, uh, so. Season eight, I have Reynolds versus Reynolds, the serial defense. That one's very good. That one's like a, a one of the top because everybody like that just has the most uh, quotability. Oh, it's probably great. one of the most quotable ones. And the whole again, like it just it's one of the ones that absolutely highlights their how silly and like stupid they are all are right. Oh yeah, how how dumb how they are all. How easily swayed they all are at every point. Like literally, Mac partner convinces them that evolution isn't real. Yeah, and like I heard, I I actually watched a video where Rob McElhinney talks about that. Is that that like Mac poses a semi interesting argument, but he's too stupid to actually like make a full thought because he says science is a liar yeah. sometimes. There's there's like a level of admitting defeat in there. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it lays onto itself. Um I uh, I personally picked the Charlie and D find love. I like that one. That's a great one. That ending of yeah. ending of that one is probably like one of the best endings to an episode. But again, like the gang dines out is one of our favorites. Uh, we watched that one before yeah, last episode. The heck of it, very funny. Charlie yeah. rules the world. Frank's back in business. They do the gets analyzed. Oh, yeah, that was good too. We we watched that one together recently as well. It's it's a very good season. Again, even the wedding massacre. I mean, holy cow! Pop pop the final solution. Even it's a lot of good stuff. Frank's back in business when he's the warthog again. I mean, come on. This actually this is a tough one. <laughs> Gotta call in the warthog. They do the, Charlie and Charlie's standing yeah. on his back trying to get quail or crow's eggs or they something. They do the remake of. Charlie gets cancer with his mom. They just kind of do a reboot, which they do several times throughout it, the show, which is kind of fun. All right. What do you got for season nine? Uh, Gun Fever 2, still hot. Very good one. Again, very quotable. It's a great one. Very topical, yeah. too. Very like poignant Pretty commentary, like, I think. And I like, they don't, Um, I guess they sort of lambast both sides, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I feel like Sony does a good job I, at that. Yeah, absolutely. They don't play favorites. Like, they'll, they hit them on, they hit both sides. Because basically, they, they, flip, they flip from where they are in Gun Fever 1. Right? And they they literally say that I think mm. out loud in the episode at one point. They're like, "We'll, we'll flip," <laughs> and they both sides are basically proven wrong. Like because there's the whole bit of Dennis and Dee being like, "We want a gun," and then like they they find that it is actually kind of difficult to acquire what they want. Yeah, firearm. Um, if they're gonna be dangerous, especially since uh, Dennis is a convicted. They both have records. Uh, sexual. Yeah. Dee had been committed for lighting her college roommate on fire. <laughs> So, like, they're like, oh, we actually can't get guns. Like, the system kind of worked in this case. Yeah, it stopped us. Um, and then, yeah, that's a good one. Anyways, I started blasting, of course. Great. Oh, a, cl- a classic meme. Mac and Dennis buy a timeshare is a big favorite of mine. Um, that's a good one. When Frank's yeah, stuck in the Mac coil. Day is a great one. I, I, I very much dislike the gang saves the day, I should say, but it's whatever. Uh, 
My I like that one. I like the one plenty. that I picked was Flowers for Charlie. Ooh, that's a that's a classic. A little Flowers from Algernon. Yeah, obviously. Reference. Very good. I also actually really like the gang gets quarantined too, though, where they think there's obviously it's kind of topical and funny. It was going around like you know last year. Yeah, but they think they have the fl- uh, the flu. But actually, they're just like they were, going through alcohol each withdrawal. One of them was going through withdrawal for their alcoholism. That very funny twist at the end. And then the Boys to Men concert gets canceled anyways, doesn't it? Some uh, yeah, it does. Season ten, I have Charlie Work. Oh, me too. Charlie Work is my f- is top f- is in the f- is in the fourth spot you, overall, right behind, right in front of Reynolds and Reynolds' you, serial defense. Yeah, for me, like if you just on a random day ask me what's your favorite episode of It's Always Sunny, I might go, I might go to Charlie Work. I think it's spectacular. It's it's the highest rated on oh, IMDb. It's it's got nine point eight. It's it well yeah it's very I think it's very much like a dis- distillation of what the show is, um, while also being like relatively small in scale. Obviously, it all takes place across the, the bar. Because, the bar. Like, yeah, some of the episodes can you know despite all being twenty minutes long, they, they go all over the place. Whereas Charlie work, it all takes place at the bar. It's obviously about Charlie. He's probably my favorite of the gang. Yeah, I I always say that he is the least nefarious. Yeah. Like he's just he's an least, idiot. He's at least, but he's sort of, not. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. He's at least like evil most of the time. He's he's, he's mm. maybe the dumbest, or at least like act oh, openly. I mean, he's illiterate, he, um, so he doesn't put on airs at least. Because yeah, again, we talk about they're all pretty dumb when it comes right down to it. But he doesn't even pretend. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's not. He's not evil or like act malicious or yeah, maybe exactly. a murderer. So very good one. What'd you have? Was it also Charlie Work? Yeah, Charlie Work for that Excellent. one. Excellent. Uh, my season, my season eleven one, which was my number three spot overall, was McPoyle versus Ponderosa, Trial of the Century. That's a great one. On a given day, I might say I would say like my top three could like I had trouble picking my top three because I'm like any of these could mm-hmm. be my favorite, and I could be like yeah. If you ask me, I'd be like any at any day it could yeah. be one of the three. I've been like these. This is the best episode. I to also watch. think the Gangles to Hell part one and two are very good. See, I did. I had made a really stupid rule for myself where I didn't take any of the two parts into consideration. Even though a very sunny Christmas is essentially a two-parter, but it's that like all one effect, DVD though. extra. You get away with it. No, it with isn't. So I get away with it. Rule there. Yeah, but you know, I don't know why I did that. It was a weird thing to do Dennis with the ranking. Mac moved to the suburbs. Also good from that season, I think. That's a very good one. But yeah, but poor Pond Filser, classic stuff. It's the culmination of like six seasons of the bird law joke, and he actually. Um, and it seems like, like does you know, it? It's it's probably one of the best like sequences in the whole show, because yeah, almost as, almost as good as um when Mac, uh, D and Charlie find love yeah. when he does his little little monologue. Like when Charlie gets his own monologue <laughs> and like gets a chance to shine, it's really well, good. It's, that's what's yeah, that's like the Pepe Silvio thing too. Like it's just oh yeah, you think it's paying, and you're like oh my god, he's actually doing like he was. We all thought he was insane this whole time, but he he's actually doing bird law. He's gonna solve the case through bird law, but then of course, like he doesn't actually do it, right? Like it falls out from at the last moment because ultimately yeah. nothing can ever go perfectly right for them, can it? No, because they're, they're so, so stupid. Because <laughs> they're just—it's just a comedy of errors, a tragedy of errors, I should say. No, it's a comedy. This show's funny. Oh no, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> and also, just a little bit at the end, where um, which is like a reference to Charlie work, where at the end they have to come back into court. <laughs> it's just them on the next one too for their. <laughs> Their airline miles steak scheme. <laughs> airline miles chicken steak scheme that they're going to do. All right. Season 12, I had uh, The Gang Turns Black, the first episode. I also did. I ranked that one uh, number six. So almost in the top I five. I actually unironically enjoyed the musical bits. I think they're catchy. Uh, I think they're like, 
Yeah, I think they are very catchy. I find I'm kind of saying to myself yeah. after I watched the episode. I actually watched it last I think night. Usually, when they do episode. parodies, they're pretty fun. I know people don't like the ski one very much. I think that one's fun. I, I like that one because it's very much a like mm-hmm. 80s. That's what I'm saying. Like, when they parody things, I think they hit them pretty well. So yeah, right yeah, on the head, pretty good. Uh, also, in that one, gang goes to a water park's good as is old lady house. A situational comedy, very fun. <laughs> um, oh, Hero yeah. hate crime was in my contention as well. Oh, that it was tough to decide. It's very similar the to the Genghis analyze, isn't it? Where it's like a moat where they sit down and have someone really. It's a it's bottle a episode. A bottle episode, yeah, and they're like being, uh, they're really talking things out. Even the mm-hmm. Gang Tens bar is pretty good. We watched that one again recently too, where they just actually, they just actually try to do the bar one. Like Dennis, like, can we just do our jobs? It's, it's actually going well, and they, as always, they just blow it. They blow it up because they're so like narcissistic and strange and codependent. Mm-hmm. They can't exist, like. They all just want Valentines from each other, and Dennis is upset because he never got a Valentine from them. Actually, I'd like the uh, bit where like D threatens like to kill them all if Charlie doesn't give her, yeah, Anne. doesn't give her Valentine, and he does it, and then she just makes fun of him for doing it. <laughs> like, it's like you said you loved me. Ooh. Yeah, they're all just the worst. The worst. There's a weird underlying like Charlie and D are into each other yeah, kind of plotline throughout the show, which, uh, and that also. I'm uh, moving 12, on just to say oh actually a couple things season 12 has where like Dennis may be gone so that's interesting um because it was looking like maybe he would not return for the next season in a significant way um yeah and then he wants to do AP bio if we're getting to later the last couple seasons this like an attitude a lot of people have that the show has fallen off and you and I are of the opinion that really we couldn't disagree more strongly I had no idea oh, yeah. said that like five through seven eight ish is like the peak of the show but i think this is like a secondary peak i think it lulls a little bit between those but i think like 10 11 12 13 14 oh, yeah. have like truly do have some top tier because like two of my uh, three of my top five are all from 10 to 14 yeah. well, like you said charlie, charlie work, work you said that's Coil, Pop- the yeah. highest rated as well so like other people seem to agree with us and yeah. that's recent i th- yeah i think like sunny's the kind of show where and I've seen more and more that they'll just they're just doing whatever kind of episodes they want, as you'll see with season fourteen pick, which you probably guess what it is, uh, Zach. And if you're listeners, you're playing along at home. If you know the season, I hope not to be meta. I hope yeah. this is interesting <laughs> to listeners. If you don't watch the show, if it's not, oh, sorry about that. You just play us on mute <laughs> uh, if you want. <laughs> we won't be too upset about it. But yeah, no, some some of the stuff that's going on is yeah, some of like the best season stuff, thirteen so. again. I'm sitting here. It's like these are spectacular, dude. So we obviously get, we do get uh, Dennis back right away. Although they kind of do something a little, they, I think they pull it off pretty convincingly and kind of sneakily, is that he is ultimately absent from like, is it three of them? Three of the episodes? Yeah, he's not in a couple of them. He's not in episode three. Oh, he's not. So, okay, or here's episode. what it is. So he's not in The Gang Eats Bugs or The Last Ladies three, Reboot. Charlie's Home Alone, The Gang Wins the Big Game, or Mac Finds His Pride. So like, but it's not in a noticeable kind of way. Like the, the the plots of those episodes organically have him absent. So I think they did a really good job mm-hmm. having him back. I, I didn't remember that he wasn't the last year, but no, he's yeah, like not he's at not all. With Charlie, who's home alone, <laughs> and he's not at the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then obviously, gang, uh, really just Mac and Frank are in Mac finds his pride. So so, anyways, for that episode, my favorite I have is the gang escapes. Again, it's very hard because season is again killer. Like I literally think season thirteen is one of the best. I don't know how anyone could argue the show's yeah time's up oh for the God. gang the gang does a clip show I, yeah. my season thir- my season 13 is the gang solves that's the bathroom also problem incredible that's number like it's very yeah. funny 
even the gang gets new wheels when Dennis gets his uh his Range Rover back. Prius. Yeah, he gets his Prius and he gets his Range Rover back. And Charlie and Mac literally beat up those children. Just yeah, they get bikes. I remember when uh, I watched that because I got my friends into it who I was living with. Uh, and when we got to that episode, when we were watching it, friends were like, so is this going to be a dream sequence? And then it wasn't. The episode just keeps going. Like, oh, no, they just like these like 30 year old men assaulted a bunch of children like brutally in a lot of ways. That episode like Matt, is the gang. Each each one of the gang at their worst. Like it's a low point. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's Frank being just an absolute like dick narcissist, buying a car just so Dennis can't have it. It's Dennis like the two ends of it. Like he's a weird soy boy for a while. <laughs> like he becomes yeah. like a normal suburban man who's just cringy and weird. And then it's like just his fancy football. Yeah. And then he he uh once he gets the car back, he's just his golden god terrible self again all his narcissism like rises back up exactly. as quickly as it left d in a in a like weird vanity thing uh, inadvertently has sex with a teenager frank and charlie are alphaed by children and then solve that situation by literally like beating them mercilessly and like checking them into cars it's and throwing them stuff. over cars it's it's again them at their absolute worst which is when the show is usually funniest at its best yeah and then again, yeah, I think Charlie's Home Alone is very fun. As of the gang, when's the big game? And Mac finds his pride is obviously like a really good episode. Not necessarily because of how funny it is, but because it's like actually a, a well-made yeah, like, like really character yeah. deconstruction. Exactly. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So finally, season 14, season. The Janitor Always Mops Twice. Number two on my, on my total list, but favorite episode. Like far and away, I think the best one. Yeah, I did not pick Janitor Mops Twice because I knew you would. So I thought I'd. Although I very much enjoy it. I actually picked the Waiting for Big Mo, which I think is really funny. That's a good one. It's interesting because I watched a video of some... I don't know why I did this. Before I watched that episode, like not like immediately before, because I think I was like waiting because we all wanted to... All my friends wanted to watch it together or like somewhat together because we were watching it. We were new towards the end. So I was like, some video popped up about some guy analyzing Waiting for Big Mo Mm -hmm. about how it's a reference to the play Waiting for Godot. Oh. Where very much the same thing occurs, where two guys sit on a mountain waiting for a man named Godot, and they just talk to each other. Yeah, it's... and like characters will interact with them, and they talk about like life and like waiting and like what they're doing. And yeah, it's one of their meta episodes. It's really yeah, good. Like, I think so. If you really listen to what like they all say, it like really it just like talks about the, how like this is them examining like the show on themselves. Mm-hmm. Gang solves the global warming. It's pretty funny, and that's like another that's a good one. one, right? Is, is it? it? Yeah, don't they have any earlier episode where they solve global warming? Or do they solve the gas crisis? I think it's like playing yeah. off of similar themes. Yeah, I think it's like one of them solves it or... Yeah. Even uh, Thundergun 4, Maximum Four. Pool, is funny in like a meta way, isn't it? Right? Like that's a very much a commentary yeah. on... Uh, Hollywood. Yeah, and people whining about their favorite franchise. Uh, oh, the gang chokes is pretty funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I even like the gang texts a lot. That one's a good one. Again, one like, the zoo. These these are great. I don't know why someone would say this isn't like a solid season. Come on, this shows this shows still knocked out of the park. Mm-hmm. That's why Absolutely. I was very much excited when they renewed it for another like three seasons or whatever it is. Yeah, all of season eighteen, they're renewing it. Not to get uh to get a little grim here. I've said to you before. I think that I would be content with them making this show literally until Danny DeVito is, for whatever reason, unable to continue making episodes. I think that's yeah. a good point to leave it off. But until then, 
I don't see any reason for them to stop, man. Mm-mm, not at all. Screw the naysayers. This shit is as funny as ever. Keep on going. If if they as long as they've got the will and like the desire and 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 episodes to do, that is. I mean, yeah. So yeah, we're very excited. I don't know. I, we'll have to play it by ear because there is going to be so much like stuff to be talking about. I don't know if we'll actually do it week by week. We might do. Like, yeah, because because like December has a lot. Yeah. We have Hawkeye and Wheel of Time and all this other stuff. So we'll have to Spider Man's we'll, in there somewhere. Oh shit! Yeah, Spider Man. I totally forgot about that. And like, obviously, being a sitcom episode to episode is not something we need to really. Luckily, they come on batches of two, so we probably could just do kind of focus on the batches of two, and mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. But yeah, great show, and we're excited for it. Really so fun. probably, I have to say, hope this segment was interesting, and we're gonna have to take out of it into uh, Zach's least favorite part of knowing me. Uh, <laughs> Me not watching Iron Man. Your reluctance to engage on the social media. Or not social media. On the, the pop culture stuff that you purport to like. That I like and I have a show about. Like a whole show we, we made. We watched Iron Man 2. A couple weeks back we watched Iron Man. The first One. Iron Man. And we thought this would work out because then we can watch Iron Man 3 at Christmas. Because it's a Christmas way. In a sense. In a sense that it takes place at Christmas. And I, I shall hear nothing to the contrary. Actually, no. It's not a fucking Christmas movie. I have a whole rant Shut on up. this show where I talk about how Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I it's not a Christmas said, movie. I wouldn't hear anything to the contrary. Now, here's the thing about that. We're talking about Iron Man 2. Who's editing this week? I've got a list of things. I'm going to ignore you and it will stop. I've got a list of things to talk about here. Like I did for Iron Man. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Lay on me. So first things first, and this also happens like almost first in the movie. Oh, I guess, let's just say. I think the opening courtroom scene, or I guess it's not the very opening scene, is it? It's like the second scene. No, that courtroom it's the scene, second scene. The first scene is the expo. Is the expo, of course. I do think, though, that the courtroom scene, one of the best scenes in the whole movie, very funny. Oh, definitely. And in that scene, we are introduced to Don Cheadle as Rhodey. <laughs> Rhodey. Who's replacing... And Justin Hammer. Yeah, well, of course, we're introducing them both. Uh, who's replacing Terrence Howard, as we talked about in the last one. So what do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've well, we talked about this. I mean, you've, this obviously is not your first exposure to him because you've seen half a dozen movies with him in it. But yeah, good on him, right? Yeah, I, I mean, like I said last last time we talked about Iron Man, like it, it might also it might just be the hindsight, but I do prefer Don Cheadle as yeah, Rhodey. I do because I just think it it works better. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just like the way. Well, Terrence Howard seems too cool for school. Kinda. I agree. I think it works a little better when he's when he's a little more straight man to Tony Stark. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think Don Cheadle does that a little better. Um, mm-hmm. I have it written down here because I think it's funny. Um, his first line in this movie, I think, is kind of meta because he says, so, and that's obviously in the context of the scene, it, it makes perfect sense. He's referring to the fact that like he's kind of surprises Tony by showing up at this hearing, and he says, "Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on." <laughs> and I think, that's, yeah, I did notice that's that. kind of a meta thing. I think potentially about like. Obviously, the actor changed, but they're just like, hey, this is him. He's the character. Just deal with it. Yeah. Don't think about it. If you think about it, too, don't harp on it. Yeah. I got So I've got Senator Stern here, who's in that scene again. Good stuff. Um, he's like, he's a funny foil to Iron Man. Isn't yeah. He? Um, it's funny that he like gets, uh, <laughs> Tony gets him to break down to the point where he literally just says, fuck you in the, in the setting. <laughs> yeah, it's in a setting here on live television. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty funny. I kind of was surprised I was in there. I kind of forgot because um, there's not a lot of effing and jeffing anymore in the. No, not since Disney movie. took over. Yeah, so this is one of the last ones that got under the wire there. 
Um, is there an F in it? Yeah, actually, is there an F in any of them? I don't think so. They just say like, yeah, I actually watched Shang Chi again yesterday, and there isn't like a. They don't say F. They don't swear at all. They don't say fuck at all. Yeah. So yeah. So pretty funny. Um, and he also is later revealed to literally just be a Hydra agent or a Hydra guy, whatever. So screw that guy. Yeah, he's evil. <laughs> evil also, kind of like a weird pervert and. They like really, they really damn him in uh, Captain America Two. So yeah, that guy. Uh, what do you think of the suitcase armor? I like it. It's I, it's always that satisfying. Um, I, him suiting up is always like in those like satisfying to watch because it all just clinks together like and it's the metallic sound. Just good stuff. I liked it. I thought Whiplash wasn't a very great villain. I didn't really like Justin Hammer. You didn't like Justin Hammer. He's kind of a, like a little Man. bitch. I don't. I didn't really care for him. Wow, that's why. Like I like it's funny. It's not, He's I not mean, like a good imposing villain, but he is a funny character. No, no. Are you really? You don't think so? I didn't think he was very funny. Yeah, I just thought like he was just kind of he was just annoying. God damn, I was dude! Like, I was like, I get it. You're like so I didn't. Hard to I, please, Jack. So I like the movie. Hard to please. What? What is that? No. I resent that. I just, people really like him. Like, he's like, I, I would think most people yeah. think Iron Man 2 is one of the weaker MCU entries, but Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer is like one of the redeeming. Is it saving grace? Kind of, yeah. Why? He's funny. Why? He's, he's amusing. I don't know. I don't have to tell you. Well, you better suck it up because I'm pretty sure he's going to be in Iron uh, Armor Wars. So, we forgot. We didn't talk about Iron Wars. I just realized. Oh. There's nothing that. to mention, was there? No, there wasn't. Except that Don Cheadle's the lead of it. Yeah, I didn't think it was interesting. I didn't think Whiplash is very interesting overall. Uh, they kind of, I mean, he represents an interesting idea. Like, you know, the, the father, the sins of the father, sins of the son kind of idea, which yeah, is always so fun. I, I have that as one of my little bullet points here is like, this sort of begins the thing of like every MCU thing for the rest of <laughs> the next two Time. phases, which is Iron Man is responsible for his own villains. Um, he just creates all his like fucking worst enemies. And you've never seen it because you're a loser. But literally, Iron Man 3 opens with a uh, voiceover of Iron Man saying, Tony Stark literally saying, um, like a smart man once said, we create our own demons. And yeah, that's that's kind of a recurring theme for him, right? Between this movie. Although I guess this one you could argue is his dad, but still. This one, Iron Man 3, even into like non-Iron Man movies. like Avengers Homecoming. 2, Homecoming. Far, far from, from home. home. Like Iron Man, just by just by virtue of how much he's like a dick, mostly. Um, yeah, he's not like a good person. This is Iron Man, I would argue, at his most dickish in the MCU because he's going through his whole mid. I'm dying. I'm gonna die thing. This is him at his absolute worst, and it's fun to watch. Again, we've talked about this to death, so I'll keep it brief. But you and I don't like love Iron Man, but I also don't hate him. But it's stuff like this where I'm like, I don't know how you could say he's your absolute favorite. Like, it's interesting to watch. And I can obviously recognize that it's intentional, right? Like, mm. they're intentionally writing him to be a kind of a dick. But I find it hard to get a little past a little bit sometimes of like, well, yeah, he is. He actually is kind of just a dick, though. So I don't love watching him. Yeah, he's just kind of like a mean, just as some mean guy. Yeah, he's just kind of mean. Like, needlessly. Like, even with his pepper stuff in this movie, like, he makes her CEO. Not really because he thinks it's good for her, but it seemingly it's twofold. It's like to save himself some time, but also because he thinks he's dying, right? He's doing like the I'm giving away all my possessions thing. Yeah. Here's all my video games. Yeah. Hey, Rhodey. Here's my yeah, Iron Man suit. <laughs> like, so again, a lot of it is understandable through the lens of this movie and, and what he's going through, but still. 
But like strawberries. Seen, like... Yeah, you could have done a little bit better. He rolls yeah, up with strawberries like, cool. and she's like, you know, there's there's one thing on earth that I'm allergic to. He's like, well, it, it, come on, this is progress because I knew there was a correlation between you and strawberries. This is this is good, if anything. It's like, bro. <laughs> it's like, come on, just lose. Just take the the loss. The introduction of Black Widow is in this. That's when yeah, she's introduced. I got it on there. Why don't you slow down, Jack? Let me go through my list. Well, I'm just ahead of you. I'm just so smart. It's just it's all the like not pandering to Dustin Hammer. Before, that just makes me before a more Black intelligent Widow, person. Jack, who appears in this movie, Elon Musk. What did you think of the Elon Musk cameo? I I uh, in light of recent events, as in the last like five years of Earth. I was gonna say uh, like it's don't, very funny because. Elon Musk is much, much more significant of like a person now than he was in that movie. Oh yeah, ten times, a hundred, ten, a hundred times. He's the richest man on earth. Yeah, which is why it's funny to see him. He's calling out the UN and exposing pedophiles. He's like within the life. UN. I mean, oh, okay, I don't, no, I almost don't. No, no, say it. Go ahead, yeah. say it, and have it recorded forever. You now fucking listen. soy boy. Listen. You, no, I'm not. A, I can't. No, hold on. I, I <laughs> cannot believe you actually fucking were about to say that shit. You're going to say he's a real-life Tony Stark? Fucking blow your brains out. Good God. Spare us the trouble. <laughs> Good Lord Listen, I want everyone to know. I'm not one of those guys. All right, listen. I mean, you said it, man. Nobody, I did not I didn't, say it. You said it. I didn't trick you. You don't know what I was going for. Uh, <laughs> the audio is there. This is a recording. I didn't finish that sentence. Listen. I could have been saying anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say, though. No, what was it, though? No, say it, though. No, it's fine. But uh, mostly because he's rich. Not because he's, like, a superhero. I I, going to say, I don't hate Elon Musk. A lot of people seem to really, really hate him. I can't, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I just don't have much emotion to uh, muster for Elon Musk one or the other. This is where I'm at, but. I just, he's funny. I just think it's. He's funny. Like He's funny to think... follow on Twitter and stuff, but. I just think he's a strange. He's definitely strange, but Iron Man's kind of strange. So, what you're yeah. saying is I'm correct. No. Uh, okay. What do you think of the part where Iron Man makes a new element? Not how elements work. Pretty dumb, right? That's that's one of the most like routinely critiqued parts of this movie. It is pretty silly. Yeah. Not not how elements work. If he made a new alloy, mm-hmm. that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, they just didn't but have he... to make it an element, did they? Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh, it's a an alloy." I didn't think of. There's, there's a couple things about that I dislike. One, that's not how elements work. Two, why, like, why does Howard Stark kind of like bury the lead in the way that he does? Of like, here's a thing, son. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's like triply, you know, narratively convenient, right? Because it's like it just so happens this is the exact element he needs, which obviously Howard Stark would have ever never had any way of knowing. Um, right. And it's also like. Yeah, if he had this, why wouldn't he just, like, say this? Like, hey, I found this element. I can't just synthesize it or whatever they call it because of the, the limitations of my time. But here it is, like, everyone. Like, just publish that for the good of the world so that, like, someday. Yeah. Yeah. I, and he's like, yeah, he was going to make an energy race. I, maybe he was killed before he could. I think that's the idea. Yeah. That he was killed by Bucky before he could. You know what I mean, though? Actually. Like, why does he hide it under, like, a weird... the layout of the like it's just it's kind of convoluted yeah. you know he it should have just been like here's a file tony like left it like i don't know maybe he was, he was trying to keep it secret so that you know yada yada doesn't fall in the wrong hands but yada yada fucking hydra or whatever the hell something i did like watching through this again though is the scene where he does it he cranks it out in like a minute right like two minutes 
He's like, oh, yeah. all right, scan this, Jarvis. Remove this, do this, do this. Oh, shit. There it is. That's an element. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, like when he's like flicking all the things away and, and he's like. Something that stood out to me upon this rewatch is that that is very reminiscent of when he just figures out time travel in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Right. Just run a he couple just, tests. He's just like, all right, just do this. And then it just works. And he's like, ah, sweet. So even though there's like an element of why is it so easy for him to do that, I do think it kind of, it actually kind of works in the grand scheme of things. I think because he's just, he's just so smart. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, also, kind of adjacent to that, this is the first time that we got that actor as Howard Stark. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because he's not in... Um, John Slatter is his name. Because in Iron Man 1, he just appears as, like, a guy on a... He just is a... Uh, he just appears in picture. Like, in the very beginning. Right, yeah. On, like, the cover of a magazine or whatever. And in that one, he's portrayed by Gerard Sanders. And then, obviously... Young him is Dominic Cooper, um, but this guy is him in this movie, in Civil War, briefly in Ant-Man, briefly in Endgame, so good on him. He's good. Oh, yeah. Um, also, just into that one, that whole thing, I just I just mentioned it, but <laughs> the uh, I'm limited by the technology of my time. That's a meme. That's pretty fun. I, I didn't know that meme, yes. So when I saw it again, I was like, hey, it's a meme. What else I got here? All right, so like, well, let's, let's do it. Black Widow. Introduction of Black Widow. We didn't get that. It's good. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like she's, I guess I'd never like thought of it this way until watching this for some reason. But she's like the second Avenger. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that either. I was like, yeah, this movie comes out before Thor does. Yeah, so. so like just chronologically speaking, she's the second Avenger, and she's I think she's good in this movie. Yeah, <clears throat> like when she's like his secretary. Yeah, and then she kind of just lets him do whatever he wants, and Pepper gets really mad at her. She's, she's kind like, of like oh, there is something to Ms. be. Pa- there you go. Miss Paz, she's like. Don't miss, don't you miss pots me? You, what did you do? Why? Ever since you got here, Tony's been acting weird. Mm-hmm. What? Are you, what's going on? She kind of just enables him to do whatever yeah. he wants. And I think there is something to be said for like this version of her character, which is she's obviously kind of morally gray in this one. Of like, mm-hmm. she's not really looking out for his best interest as like a person. It's like she has a goal because she's like a spy, and she's this is her, this is her mission, and she's gonna work that out. So that's kind of interesting, right? Oh yeah. Um, also kind of also kind of gives pepper like raises her up because she's the only one that can like kind of rain handle random in like right. everyone else is kind of enable him because he's tony stark i mean maybe not maybe not natasha herself because she's a spy and she was supposed to do that but i think the idea is still there that like there's only a certain number of people in his life who can actually like take him to task mm-hmm. and like you know when stuff like that so yeah she's good also appearing in this one, another Avenger is Spider-Man. This is canonically the first appearance of. Right, I was thinking that because I've seen that. I've seen that fact a thousand times. There you go, from a thousand YouTubers. Did you know? <laughs> Fun, Mar- like, I get it. So you don't all have to make the same video about Spider-Man being the MC. Like, I know. There you go. Um, obviously, again, this is you know quaint looking back, but this is one of the, they obviously one of the first times they get into the Avengers initiative again. That's fun stuff. Obviously we know where that ends up, but still, what do you like about the idea that he's, he's initially rejected for the Avengers? I think that's funny. I, I like how they're like, Iron Man rejected Tony Stark. We're good with it. And he's like, what are you talking about? Or whatever it was. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I'll just be a consultant or something. Obviously Nick Fury gets a bit much bigger role. Than oh, me not. Uh, yeah. Nick, I was like, Nick Fury was obviously classic, like Sam Jackson, Telling Tony like it is, like, mm-hmm. hey man, 
Do your just do what you got to do. Stop being an asshole about everything. Fucking get Come together. Come on, yeah, man. Oh yeah. Um, there's obviously like this is you know the, the first inklings of them really uh really tying everything in because there's obviously a lot of uh, Thor references. A lot of Thor references, yeah. A lot of like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do Thor. Iron Man. See you in Thor. I will not be in the remainder of this movie because I'm going to do Thor right now. He went, all right, I'll see you in Avengers, and he went bye, and they went. Nick Fury is like. Iron Man, you're really clogging up my resources here. I was intending to send Coulson to go do Thor, and you're really you're kind of getting in the way of that. So could you not? You're really harshing my grapes here, my man. I'm trying to do Thor. I have to go do the post credit scene for Captain America. If you could just, could you just not? I got a lot of stuff. To, I got I got a big week. It's Fury's it's big Fury's, week. You could say this is Fury's big week. I, I've got yeah. a lot of things going on. The Incredible Hulk just happened. I don't know if you're aware. You were in that movie, <laughs> so I should hope so. We, we got a big week going here. Could you not? And then there's a there's a universe where uh, Hank Pym goes insane and kills you. But, you familiar you know. with that? No, that's a bit early. You a bit early. You, you don't like that one, but your kids will like it. Or whatever name. Your kids will love this. Um, God, I always love that. I always love. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck it. We'll do a little Back to the Future. Uh, that that movie implies that a uh, a white guy wrote Johnny Be Good. That's a bit. Chuck Berry stole it from him, and then his cousin calls him with the line. I mean, he did. Hey, Chuck. Right. Like it's, it's like, me, it, your cousin Marvin. It's obviously, Listen, here's this. Here's the sound you're looking for. It's It's a weird, weird time loop. Weird. Yeah. Paradox is what I was saying as well. So. Oh. Duh. So, what do you think of? We talked about Rhodey. What do you think of War Machine? This is obviously the first appearance of War Machine. I think he's fine. Uh, he's got all of Justin Hammer's dumb tech, so it doesn't I really think work the action well. scene at the end of this is stupendous. And oh, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, people talk on this movie pretty good, but like that's one of the most War Machiney War Machine action sequences that we get for a long time. The only thing that comes close to it is um, an Infinity War, I would say. Uh, but like as far as just showing what War Machine does better than Iron Man, which is lots of guns and just blast oh, away. Yeah. Um, you don't get as much of that later on. And I will say War Machine, I've talked about this before, War Machine is one of my favorite of the sort of like, I guess you could say secondary sort of MCU characters. He's definitely one of my favorite prevailing presences in these movies. So, you know, I'm glad to have him. And I think he's really cool in this one. The suit's awesome. Big mini guns. This, this is one of the most like, definitely his most classic sort of comic book-esque look. That he has in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I really, really like the Infinity War one as well, which is um, camouflage. It's got like a digi camo pattern over the top, just just for looks, I guess. Really, because who's that fool? But um, yeah, this one is more the most classic kind of bulky silver and black one, and I think it looks really, really sweet. And he, yeah, it's cool. I like I said, really like that action scene at the end. Like how they have a little argument because Rhodey's coming in with like the actual military tactics, and Tony's just got the biggest ego on earth. So. <laughs> And he's like, "All right, we got the big gun up there." And then they both go, and he's like, "What do you wait? You you, like, you, I, you have the big guns, but you're not the big gun." I mean, come on, come on. It's, it's he's me. like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go do this then." He's like, "No, Tony, that's the that's the kill zone. I just we can't. Come on, come on. I'm trying. I'm trying to do the military tactics here." And then he does his spinny laser bit at the end. Really good stuff. He's like, "You didn't open with that." He's like, "I only can do it once." Um, one of the one of the early like promotional. I think it was like a San Diego Comic Con kind of clip from back in the day for this movie. Is the scene where Justin Hammer is showing Rhodey all the, all the those guns, guns, yeah, and then Rhodey's just like, "I'll take it." He's like, "Do what? Get, come on, give me something here." He's like, "I'll take them all." And then in this in the trailer thing, it, it just cuts to that end sequence where he's just blasting away. Uh, that's pretty sick. I can't believe you don't like Justin Hammer, man. He's not. Dude, that seems like, funny. Not. He's like he's just going on and on, and then Rhodey's just giving him nothing, and he's just floundering up there, like part where like. 
Ivan Vanko's messing with the drone. And he's like, oh, gosh, what is he? Hey, hey, get somebody up here. Get somebody. And then Ivan's like, I can do. And he's like, oh, yeah, now see, this is my guy. I told you, this is my guy. What are you, what are you, you're worried. You're worried about nothing, you loser. This is my guy. I told you. Like, I just didn't, I just really didn't care for him. Man, you really, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why are you getting, why are you, why are you always like this? You're always like this. Oh, jeez, man. So much of the, you take the wind out of my sails at every turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I can't let. I don't have a secret fucking Justin Hammer shrine in my fucking room. I don't. Have, hold on, that's not fair. I don't have any Justin Hammer shrines well, either. Okay, fair enough. I guess my me saying that I didn't apply the other way, but I'm like, I'm not like I secretly love him. I'm just trying to be like cool for the show. Like I don't know, James Bond isn't good, and neither is Justin Hammer. Like I don't. No, I'm not saying you're to, doing it maliciously. I'm just saying there's something wrong with your head. That's <laughs> that funny. So I apologize if I misconstrued that at any point. No, that's, that's what I'm looking for here. Oh, you, oh, you little, oh, you, you so-and-so. I, all I'm implying is that you don't know how to feel joy any longer. <laughs> well, you know, that's what happens. Yep. <laughs> um, Alrighty. Ecotech. Uh, tech into. I got one last uh, thing. This is we. Oh, you, you really? I meant you do have one last thing. Okay. I, I actually meant the end, but I'm actually in this instead. I saw uh, <laughs> No Time to Die again last night, and it's Jesus. a good movie. And you're the worst. It's not a good movie. A couple I things I don't no. think I mentioned. Well, first time we watched it, that I'm gonna mention just cause. Um, I I really like that he retired to Jamaica. I don't think we brought that up at all, but that's I think that's a cheeky bit of a reference because. In real life, Ian Fleming retired to Jamaica. So that's super fun. Okay. I liked how much he was drinking in this movie. I don't think we talked about it, but it's it's actually like almost comical at times. He drinks a lot. There's a part where when he comes when he meets Nomi for the first time and they do go back to his house, he enters his house into like whatever you'd call it, the living room, pours himself a drink, drinks it, and then she immediately like leaves for the bedroom. And he follows her to the bedroom, and as soon as he gets in there, he retrieves another bottle of liquor and pours himself another glass. So much alcohol. Yeah. Too much for a man to consume. No, not not healthily. Not and be a secret agent, you would say. No, he's kind of the worst secret agent ever. And they, they kind of, I think, play off that because there's a part at the end when he gets his when he gets the smart blood and he, he makes some joke of like, Q, I haven't drank in three or four hours. <laughs> the only other thing I have on here. Um, I think there should have been more double O agents in these movies um, because there was none other than him and obviously Nomi. There is that like reference to 008 Inspector, uh, but we never actually see who that is. So I think that would have been cool, especially if they do as we theorized or I theorized whatever. And they do continue on with this universe and these characters. It would have been good to have some supporting characters in there like other double O agents. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I also think Felix should have been in them a little more and shouldn't have died. I don't like that they killed Felix and James Bond in the same movie. Because I like Felix. Uh, Why'd they do that? Yeah, I liked Felix too. I said they killed him, and it was pretty brutal that they just killed um, James Bond. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm not even going to lie. Even though I saw it, still got a little choked up at the end when he died. I'm like, I'll get on to James. The part that get got me both times is when they have the little, they have his little funeral. That's the part that really got me. When they all, they all pour out a drink for him because he's just the biggest alcoholic on earth. <laughs> and they pour the little glass for him, even though he's not there. And M just reads out that little passage where he's just like, the quote's like, you know, man's man's purpose is to live, not to just be alive or whatever. And I'm not going to waste my time by trying to prolong it. I'm going to get out there and act. Because that's what James Bond did. And then he's, they all say, to James, 
and they get back to work, baby, because there's more democratically elected governments to overthrow. Woohoo! <laughs> Gotta have those coups. All right, that's it. Um, it's a good movie, and you are uh, the bane of my existence, really. I, I don't think it's a good movie. And right back at you. Ag Attack. You can't say anymore. Ag Attack. You can't say anymore. It's a good movie. Okay, I'm not going to say anymore. Uh, Ag Attack. Next week is going to be a lot of Wheel of Time. Be ready for that. A lot of Wheel of Time. Three hours of Wheel of Time. A lot of Wheel of Time oh, to talk about. Oh my goodness. It's going to be dangerous. Dangerous. Luckily, so don't like I don't think there's much else. So We might see a movie or something, but it's going to be a lot luckily, of time. Luckily for the listeners. <laughs> well, for us. If, well, I For mean, us, yes. Luckily in the sense that otherwise it'd be about a, a dumbass long show. So Yeah. Hopefully, because if we had three hours God. of what if it's bad, dude? What if we watch the episodes and we're like, this isn't good? What happens? <laughs> no, nah, it'll be good. All right. I can take it in the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to end it right here. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Gmail at IcatechJazz. Email us and tweet at us your suggestions, your comments, your concerns, your questions, anything. Tell your friends. Find on Twitter, if, if you're on Twitter, uh, go on the turning page. Just promote, just say, listen to Akatech under anything. Race issues, politics, whatever. <sighs> Don't care what it is. Just clog up everybody's feed with it if you could. Because no press is bad press. That's and, true. Know, whatever. That's a fact, I believe. That's that's a fact. People say it all the time. At least I say it. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon, slash Audible, and Podbean. And our logo, as always, was done by a friend of the show, uh, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg or at Redbubble to buy his artwork. That's all. Thank you for listening. And say goodnight to the people, Zach. Oh, nope. Hold on. Shit. I almost didn't say it. As always, we wrote it, we produced it, and we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Yeah, goodnight. Goodnight. Godspeed.